Bound Dong to Funk, put it up if you got that feeling. Welcome to another episode of Link to the Cast. I'm your party host, Dave Ryan, joined as always by the RPG Wunderkind, who is already shaking his head, Brian McNamara. Brian, Every goddamn time. Every Good goddamn evening, time. folks. Uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, how has your week been, Brian? Alright. Some things may have happened that we'll talk about later. There were some events yeah. that transpired. Other than those things that we are there, alluding to already. There were some purchases that I made. Yeah. Um, up to much else apart from that? Ooh. Really? <laughs> was a quiet week in work beforehand, all that kind of jazz? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember. Not to say I don't remember, the, man. The special word. Everything's everything's a blank. Like you know on QI, where you're just waiting for Alan Davies to say that <laughs> word, and all the the, the klaxon goes off. Yeah. Um, uh, my week's been pretty good as well. Got a sharp as fuck haircut today, so I'm happy enough with that. Um, I got a lot. Of what else? There was a couple of things earlier on. I was like, I was downtown earlier on. I was like, oh, there's three or four things I wanted to say before I start. Your new hoodie. Oh yeah, got myself a giant bomb hoodie. That's that's that was a pretty sweet purchase, man. You got yourself some, I think, some. Uh, T-shirts from Thinky? Sh- no, uh, Shark Robot. Shark Robot. What kind of ones did you get? I got that cool Luigi bullet time one I'm wearing right now. Oh I yeah, there's a, there's a, gr- it's, how would you describe it? It's that scene from the Avengers where the Hulk punch the, punches the giant flying snake thing. Yeah, but it's Luigi, but it's Luigi punching bullet, bullet bill. bill. Yeah. Um, I got, what, I got a cool Deadwood one that just arrived today with an Alice Warrington quote on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, what else did I get? There was, oh, it was a cool, well, really nerdy Warhammer related one. And uh, Banksy uh, Borderlands mashup, and I got a dark. I like the way you bucket. cringed as if to go saying the word Warhammer would be too nerdy for this podcast. We do a yes, radio do. show on the internet about video games, Brian. I don't. I think we've broken the last taboo of nerdiness. I, st- I still think we're we're a rung above the. It's a couple of strata still above Warhammer, is it? As speaking as a person who has Warhammer, the relative expert, collected Warhammer and still reads the books. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I got a Darkwing Duck T-shirt. Darkwing Duck. When there's trouble, you call DW David. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've been up to too much else this week. Getting my uh, my thesis underway, which is a kind of nervy process. Woo. Yeah, the one morning, right? Like normally, when I get the bus into college, I'm there for about twenty to nine, just sitting around doing nothing because none of my lectures start till ten o'clock. Of course, the one morning I said, "Yeah, I can make a nine o'clock meeting." A learner driver came across too early at a corner in Salons and went headlong into another car both cars written off and spread across the combined four lanes of traffic between the two parts of the uh, the turn so uh, I think it was half past nine before I came in but thankfully uh, the, the guy who runs my course is really nice so that was a, a near miss with uh, already being in trouble from the first thesis meeting on but uh, yeah, thesis meetings I never had any of them did you not? nah yeah they're less meetings and more interrogations because this is like as I was saying to the lads in the course this is my third uh, attempt at one of these like I did one for my undergrad economics and I did one for my first postgrad in history and I had plenty of meetings then and they are kind of interrogations yes. where they try to act like a review board and tear apart what you've written so yeah it's a yeah. nervous experience in a two year masters I had one thesis meeting with my supervisor he was real kind of you know well if you want to meet you can ask for the meeting but you know I'm not going to go chasing after you whatever mm. and I went in it was basically just 20 minutes of him saying oh you should read this I'm like you should read this too and read that as well and that and what about what I wrote yeah it's good but read this read that <laughs> and then I did my thesis in three days with no sleep because I'm at hardy yo. anyway like moving on people aren't here for thesis talk that's our side podcast our side <laughs> project our nixer uh, let's talk about some video games, Brian. 
So I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the reins here first and start talking about some uh, video games I've been playing. We haven't recorded since I think it was the day before Halloween that we recorded mm. on Halloween night. We had a bit of a like a small get together, like four or five of us. Um, just stayed in because we're a bit too long in the tooth. Uh, as you came to realise depressingly this year we're a bit too long in the tooth for the going out mad on the jars oh, next, week, next year I'm going out mad <laughs> sure you like, are no I, had a, no I had a good time I had a good it. time but just uh, deep in the soul of my you immature were, being was, it was really funny like because we had a good night we had a fun night like, yeah no games it was really fun like that but like at the same time, every time we looked over, your man here has a big miserable face on him at the realisation that we're not 19. Which we haven't been for a while. Yeah, but I don't have to accept it, man. Such a while, yeah. You, you just stay in denial, bro. I'm going wild out on the tear next but, year in Halloween. Uh, but anyway, on that night uh, in, should I say, I nearly said night out there, on that night in, we played a couple of new games. Uh, the first one, we had a go at the Jackbox Party Pack 2. Now, the Veterans Jackbox, of the Jackpack, Jackbox yeah. Party Pack 1, so we are. The, uh, the Jackbox Party Pack has been, like, the first one has been a big hit in the house. Um, Definitely fans of the Jackbox Party Pack. <laughs> the, um, I'm just going to keep saying Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> Fibbage Friday became a thing here for a while. Good time. And it was awesome. Randy Spacey porn impersonator. Yeah, like, uh, that's and that's the one problem I've always had with Fibbage, is that at a certain point, Fibbage moved servers, and now you can only have, like, 12 character maximum uh, in your name on it and like because we had been getting to Chocolate say giddy we up been, yeah to say we had been going weird with the names yeah we had Chocolate Giddy Up Captain Kangaroo Pimp our mate Kev McLeod Randy Randy Spacey, Spacey Porn Impersonator, Impersonator which is a long story um all sorts of different things and now like we're still getting reasonably creative with the 12 yeah, characters but it's, but it's, a, it's, more a, it's a harder slog yeah um but yeah, so this uh, Jackbox Party Pack 2 came out, and um, where do we start with it? What what kind of games? Um, we'll start with the ones we weren't mad about first, will we? Um, what did you think of, there's one in it called Bidiots, the one where we had to draw a picture of something, and it was, uh, well, that it... was one of the ones that to me was kind of on the fence, did I enjoy it, did I not? I would have liked to have played another game of it, because we only kind of played a couple of games each. And um, our Bidiots one was ruined when someone tried to do this gruesome one thing, which has cropped up on other Jackbox games before. Yeah, but we um, didn't know you how don't know work. Jack, which was the first of their party games. I could be mistaken on that. You don't know Jack. Uh, that had an option to screw somebody, which forced them to answer, and they lost more points if they got it wrong. And apparently, like you could, in theory, do a screw them to force them to bid on something in Bidiots. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't seem to work it was it was it was okay i kind of thought it took some of the elements from drawful their mm. pictionary game which oh man the fun we have with drawful yeah because yeah the, the fun with drawful is like the worse you are at drawing the better it is kite jesus yeah kite jesus all sorts of different things like that um we should some night like set up a microphone and do like record a stream of us playing you need Jackbox. a cameraman well, like, like the PlayStation Eye is only like thirty quid. Yeah. On you need, you need to see people's faces. You... Yeah. Um. So that that's idiots. It's kind of like you draw a picture. They give you a prompt. By the way, if you're not familiar with Jackbox Party Pack, they kind of instead of using controllers, you use like your Android or iPhone device, like like a uh, a smartphone or a tablet or even a laptop. Mm. You can use uh, in in lieu of a controller. So on idiots, you had to draw a picture. They would give you three, wasn't it? They told you to draw three pictures. Yeah. And they'd give you the prompts on the laptop. You weren't to tell anybody what you were drawing. 
and then it would randomly come up in an auction where you had to bid and you had to bid like, on it it was um, unclear about how you won or uh, you know. it was like how much money your painting earned and whether you were able to if you there was these there was these auction experts that would give you tips like art dealers yeah. they'd give you tips and say like a uh, a painting with this name is worth this much. So if or you can figure out the painting based on the name and the really poor drawing, yeah. uh, and you were able to get it for less than the cost price, you would make profit on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was kind of we were a bit confused at first about the rules, um, which didn't help. But we don't really pay attention sometimes. Um. We move on then. We didn't play Bombcore because Bombcore was the one that I heard was bad. Mm. So we didn't even touch that. Mm. Um. Then we played Earwax, which was the one you in particular didn't like. It was the one where you had to answer a question by combining two sound effects. Yeah, it because was... Because it was random which ones you got, and you kept getting bad combinations. Really bad combinations. But yeah, like it was it was Cards Against Humanity with sound bites. Yeah, it was basically, they'd say, the sound a blank makes when a blank happens, whatever it was, and you would have to answer that question using two sounds. Um, now some of them like they were some of them were great some of them yeah, were really if you good. get good sound but the problem was yeah you did you pretty much consistently got really bad ones um, which was a shame so that was kind of that was of the, actually now that I think about it even more than Bidiots it was real hit miss yeah. because I don't think you had as bad experience with Bidiots like no. it kind of Bidiots was down to there was kind of there was confusion there was confusion uh, and it was a little bit too and the problems. screwing thing uh, is what really screwed it up because we <laughs> because we would have kept playing otherwise yeah. do you know what I mean we probably would have done one or two more games and if we'd gotten into it maybe mm. we would have enjoyed it more um, I'll give it a second I'll give it another look yeah uh, then we move on to I think the two highlights of the evening um, one of the new games that came uh, Quiplash XL I fucking love this one I really really love this one so it was how would you describe Quiplash? I don't even remember. A Quiplash is the one where you kind of well the description here from Jackbox Games is the say anything gut busting Quiplash which includes everything in Quiplash Quip 1 Quip Pack 1 and over 100 brand new prompts. Basically it's you trying to come up with the funniest answer for a thing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of Fibbage. You, you have to come up with the funniest answer for something and people will you know you it puts two random players up against each other so it was you me Dan ah, yeah, and yeah. Tom so it would do I it really... would pair off two because it like um, one question was like what was the weirdest thing you could attack someone with and whoever was up against me said something like a shoe and my guess was Latvia <laughs> because yeah. it would be very strange to attack somebody with Latvia um yeah, like, that that kind of thing, like just that allows you the freedom. I like to be like to get weird. And I like it because I always lose at fibbage because I can't resist the urge yeah. to say something silly when I should be saying something credible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Quiplash. I really enjoy Quiplash. Yeah. Um, and then fibbage too. So like we enjoy fibbage. Electric anyway. and fibbage, Yeah, and fibbage too is just more of fibbage. Um, and there's a new feature like the defibrillator, which we didn't use. Uh, which kind of it gives you like it's almost like a 50-50 in mm. um, in Who Wants to be a Millionaire it removes like all the lies but one and mm. the right answer or something like that and there's like 500 brand new questions and stuff like that um, so like you know if you like Fibbage 1 you're going to love Fibbage 2 uh, and I really like Fibbage like I don't at first I used to have that problem really bad like you where I was so tempted because there's a right answer and there's a funny answer Yeah. but I've gotten a little bit more conniving and like I, I'm like reasonably good at luring people into a trap with a lie. Like I've come up with a couple of really, really plausible ones, 
Uh, I did get that trophy, I think, for tricking all the other players into my lie. You mean like how uh, Jet Peel came out steel beams? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's the Jackbox Party Pack. And then the other game we played that night was considerably more stressful. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Had you forgotten about this? Oh, I blanked it a little bit. The trauma. Yeah, so we played... Died so many times. We played a Steam game called uh, that I had seen played on Giant Bomb and a couple of other kind of YouTube channels that I enjoy uh, called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Which is like it, it, like you know. Doesn't matter how long you keep talking, you yeah, still explode, man. Yeah, independent of like how stressful it was, which was incredibly oh. stressful at times. Um, one of the more kind of like inventive games I played. In a oh, long so time, creative! Like, um, well, basically, you get a briefcase bomb, and you get different modules on it that are different puzzles, and you can pick anywhere between one and eleven. Uh, modules and then like if you're in free play mode then you can adjust the time you have to solve those in and there's also like a main campaign mode quote unquote where you have to um, like bombs that the designers made the game designers Um, the wrinkle on this game is that you have to split into either if there's two of you split into into, uh, one man teams or like there was with us split into two man teams two people look at the bomb two people look at you have to print out a 23 page document which i have here uh the bomb defusal manual and you the people with the people with the bomb defusal manual can't look at the tv and the people with the tv can't look at the bomb defusal manual so the people looking at the tv have to firstly have to destroy and describe what the module looks like so you can find it in the manual and then the people with the manual have to listen to the detailed description of the module to try and figure out how to uh, disarm that particular module. Read some of the read some of the ones there. Uh, some ones for the wires, uh, okay. for the simple wires, is I think is a good one. And if you look at the yeah, okay. So when I go into the very first one that's here, actually, is on the subject of wires. So if you find a module that has like a f- uh, a few wires in it. So this is what it says. It says a wire module can have three to six wires on it. Only the one correct wire needs to be cut to disarm the module. Wire ordering begins with the first on the top. Okay. So let's say there are three wires. So there's a section on this page that ha- that is dedicated to bombs with three wires in this module. So it says if there are no red wires, cut the second wire. Otherwise, if the last wire is white, cut the last wire. Otherwise, if there is more than one blue wire, cut the last blue wire. And otherwise, cut the last wire. <laughs> so it's a like it's, it's a, the fact that each sentence is in combination with the one yeah, before it, like without recapping. Like the page is a puzzle. There's like the solution is a puzzle in and of itself. The solution is there if you can figure it out, um, and that's a puzzle. But then the additional level of puzzle is trying to figure out what the fuck the other person is describing to you, looking at the TV. The one where that particularly so came of us. on the subject of keypads, <laughs> where you have to press four buttons in a sequence, and you have to describe. There's weird symbols on each one, so you have to. There's an octopus waving. Yeah, so the octopus waving was one Brian came up with. Like, uh, there's other. What ones, would you like, have described that as? I can't remember which one the octopus waving was. I'm not gonna like. Um. Oh yeah, there was the the butt with the comma on it. Octopus waving. Oh yeah, that was the curse of CE is what I wrote. There's what I said. Some of us are so polished. Curse of CE. Octo- it's an octopus. Okay, maybe he's lifting his top hat, but it's an octopus, right? But uh, like, it, you know, it was stressful at times. We blew up a lot. We had a good laugh. Like, I definitely recommend it. Would you? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was only like a tenner. Like, I've been thinking kind of like um, a way to really, really up the difficulty factor. 
Oh god. Well, we tried to do eleven uh, modules in twelve minutes or something like that. Um, and for creativity, because you know the defusal team in their bunker with the instruction manuals can't look at the screen and vice versa. I was thinking we got a couple of them cheap little walkie talkies. With the people of Bombers and actually go into separate rooms going to actual separate rooms like uh, send the Bombers team down the shed into what the else uh, what adds the di- to the difficulty for the um, the player uh, on the TV is that sometimes the lights will just randomly shut off or the, the alarm will go off or the alarm clock on the desk will go off with a really irritating noise and you have to put down the bomb yeah pick up the light oh man it's it's just What's great about this game as well is that if you get too used to it, every couple of months they're promising to bring out a new revision of the manual and update the game. So you can't get too used to where anything is. You can't memorise the manual because they're going to change it. Uh, which is awesome. So yeah, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is so a really, really good party game. Um, and like downloadable on Steam, it doesn't really, like it's not exactly a high performance game. It doesn't require an incredible graphics chip to run. Like I was able to run it off my laptop with a HDMI cable going into the TV. Um, so yeah that's that definitely like I said thorough recommended uh, Brian been playing that this week at all yeah. <laughs> um, oh man there was a thing that happened a, li- um, a little game came out this is uh, we're recording this little, on the 11th of November little indie studio oh, like you know I've probably never heard of them <laughs> a little a little game called Fallout 4 yeah. came out on Monday night Tuesday morning <laughs> firstly Brian paint me a word picture this was your first midnight launch <laughs> Well, I'll step back a couple of days, man, to the fact that I bought a new TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we need yeah, we need to rear right back. Brian, at some point in the last couple of weeks, decided to be fully prepared for Fallout 4's arrival. You needed to dip into the old savings and get yourself a big fuck-off TV. I was having a big fuck-off TV. Now, also, bear in mind, right? So, it's a 40-inch TV, which is the same one that is... Like, the next model uh, that came after the one I have... Uh, mine's a 40 inch but it's like the, the slightly older model it is the exact same model as the one downstairs pretty much isn't mm-hmm. it um, so we have, we have a couple but what makes it especially incongruous is that you're in the box room I'm in the box room <laughs> it's almost half the width of my room it's literally <laughs> when I moved into that room I got rid of the single bed I got in the, the queen size the single and a half which takes yeah. up slightly more than half the room and it is literally in the width of the room it is the bed bed stops TV starts uh, so it's fun uh, I got new pillows and a new duvet. Yeah, that for... was right. Whatever about the new TV and the new stand for the TV, because obviously it was a bigger TV than, you know, it wouldn't have uh, worked well on the stand you had beforehand. Explain to me the rationale of the new Fallout, the new, and it wasn't like Fallout themed bedclothes. It no. was the decision to get new bedclothes because Fallout and new pillows. Because I'd be spending the, the entire, oh yeah, I booked three days off work. You booked three days off work Because I'd be well. spending those three days in bed because yeah. you can't put a chair in my room. Yeah. So, you know, sitting on the bed, looking at a massive TV, playing my game, and I'm on a nice blanket. Yeah, the benefit for my back uh, and neck whenever like a game comes out that I'm going to binge into is thankfully my room is just big enough with my like I went and got <laughs> speaking of indulgent purchases over the last Christmas holiday I went and got a super king bed for fucking no reason <laughs> but I did uh, so the room is still thankfully big enough to just about fit my office chair and the fold out chair for you when we record Um, so like it's accommodating but yeah I suppose you have to Kind of, oh, like, or the floor. Yeah, but the only floor space in your room is so close to the TV, it would burn your retinas out. And it's also where the space that the door needs to open. Yeah, 
But yeah, so I got all that, and then I went into work on Monday. Finished work at six o'clock on Monday. Yeah. And I said to myself, oh, "Now I was up. I was up at half seven on Monday morning to get ready to go to work. Went to work for eight hours. Came home. Traffic was terrible. Got home around half seven. Yeah. At which work. point you knocked in, came into my room, uh, and explained that you were home from work. You were excited for Fallout, and now intended to nap until it was time to leave for Fallout. Now, Brian, what did you do? Did you nap? Watched Arrow and Nachos. Yeah." You did, yeah. It's too excited, man. Too yeah. excited. So then walk us through uh, the going down to our local GameStop for a midnight launch. Went you down you hadn't experienced one at all nope. before. Never been to a midnight launch for a video game. Yeah, I've done a couple. I did GTA Five when that came out. I did <laughs> Watch Dogs. Uh, I did a couple of FIFAs. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Went down, queued up, waited. I got to kind of late. Like, I only left at like quarter past twenty past eleven. Like, but I was still mm. there. Like in ten minutes, I was standing around for half an hour. How many people cool. were in front of you by the time you got there? Maybe twenty five, thirty. Yeah, that's all right. It's not crazy. Like the oh man, there was only about ten people outside the store. Okay. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a big kind of thing. Like yeah. Uh, picked it up, ran home. <laughs> <laughs> Put the game in. Downloaded the quite small patch. And then it's like 200 megs or something? 250 I think it was 240, 250 And then started the installation Ugh. And half an hour later I got to play Volume 4 Yeah I think mine actually Ended up being slightly quicker Didn't it? I think so yeah, yeah. I was just Oh man that It was like It was like be Installing Age of Empires 1 On your computer Back in the fucking day man. Yeah we've gotten nice And accustomed to that Generally speaking Like because the only installation You usually have to do On PS4 games You pop the disc in And that thing zips along The installation Now Owning an Xbox One, I can tell you that doesn't fucking happen on Xbox One. No. Like, I think I was waiting nearly an hour for Halo 5 to install. Because there was... Uh, I had to install the game, but also there was an 8 gig patch on day one. Which is fucking ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, so we're used to... On PS4, we're used to those installations zipping along. But, yeah, you're just sat in there, sat there stewing. Stewing and watching the little special... Vi- what makes you special videos. Those are great. They're great. They were really yeah. good. They were released before, though. They were yep. released in teasers, weren't they? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, halfway through my second run through of the endurance one, I think it was. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, boom. <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And I came, oh man, it's just, it's so good. When it's did so you get good. to sleep on the first night, Brian? Uh, half seven uh, the next morning. <laughs> uh, so I stayed awake for 24 hours, solid. As, as I said to uh, Mark when I was explaining that to him, I said, you're beyond the help of medical science now. <laughs> I don't know if I, put a few more, if I put a few more points into my science skill, hey. I could probably get a perk so, for that. Brian, you are the RPG Wunderkind. You played this all night, a good bit of yesterday, a fair bit of today. Early impressions. Now, bear in mind before we start, there will be no spoilers here. Brian is renowned around this locale as Captain Spoilers. He has he once, and I don't think we've said this in the podcast before. Let he. It go. <laughs> I've apologised so much. He once no, but I, like at this point, I'm so far removed from it. I'm almost impressed. I've explained this to you before. Apologise. Brian so once spoiled two movies in as many sentences. He spoiled one of which we Dread were watching. and The Raid while we had just started watching Dread. I'm not going to say it yeah, anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Brian is really bad at spoilers, but uh, there will I be no spoilers. Promise, I will. If Brian Look, spoils I things, I will. Edit it out. Hurt me real bad. And I will pitch this microphone at you. Yeah, look, I haven't played... Look, first off, 
obviously it's a Bethesda RPG game. It's fucking huge. Yeah. I haven't played enough for there to be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like. Oh, let's start with the things people like. Um, the things people have kind of naysaying a bit about. Frame rate. Frame rate has glitched on me occasionally when I fast travel into places or move between millions. When there's a lot happening there, like when I I move between areas, like and there's lots of enemies and all of a sudden they're attacking me or something like that. It chokes a little bit. Mm. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I, I'll preface this with folks: I'm gonna forgive this game pretty much anything as long as it's playable. I'm going to forgive it pretty much anything. Yeah, full disclosure, the... you're a bit of a fan of Fallout. Yeah. Like, I mean... And if Fallout started slapping you around, you'd still love it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, like, what else? I've encountered some hilarious glitches so far and some not-so-hilarious. I uh, fast-traveled into an area. There was bad dude. There were super mutants. They were having a go for me. Whipped up my vats. Went to take the shots. Next thing you know, I appeared to be several miles up in the air, jerking spasmodically between points of the compass before I fell and died. Um, still not sure how. Um, again, I can forgive that. It doesn't happen frequently enough for it to be a problem. Um, I'm not gonna really. Obviously, you can't really talk about the plot without spoilers. But I mean, like, at this point, does anybody not know what this game is vaguely about? You know, it's the post-apocalypse. Um, you know, you are the soul survivor. I'm just echoing Tim Harder. You're the soul survivor of Vault 111. Um, you've just gotten out. Go forth and conquer. I mean, it's... I'm not going to say more of the same, because it's not. It's There's been some significant changes. But it is unmistakably a Fallout game. Put it this way. Is it less? Is it less like the leap between Fallout Two and Fallout Three, and more like the leap between, say, Far Cry Three and Far Cry Four? In some respects, it's more of the same, but it's immediately recognizable, and in some ways different and improved. I'd say it's more than the difference between Fallout Three and Fallout Four, because Fallout Three and Fallout Four, the Far Cry, uh, Far Cry Three and Far Cry Four, because uh, the difference between them is nearly just a reskinning. Um, there's not a whole lot. I mean, like, I would, I would say one of the first things I've noticed already, and I know it is pocus apocalyptic, so it is to a certain extent this, but it is, certainly is the palette is less grim. Oh yeah, there's a lot more color. When I think Fallout Three, I think, wow, gray, green, and brown all the time. And then New Vegas was brown, brown, and gray. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot more color. That's great. I mean, things have changed. Vats has changed. It's, it's more difficult. It's not freeze time, it's bullet time. Um, perks have changed wildly. Instead of your massive long list of, I think it used to be about something like 200 odd perks and that, like, mm. now there's a short list of what, if there's one for each of the seven special stats, by 10 level 70, there's 70 base perks with ranks for each of them. Yeah. Um, so it's cut way down from the old kind of list skill points are gone uh, so you get a, a point each time you level up and you can spend that on ranking up your perks or in a big change you can put it into your special stats is there still on top of the you know one every time you level up is there still also the bobbleheads out in the world that you can collect yeah I've got two so far okay 
So there is like, is there a possibility of getting most to all of the upgrades as you find everything? And like, do you know what the level cap is yet? I don't think there. I thought they said there wasn't going to be one. Is there? I assume like in terms of like the difference it makes to your abilities, there's like a soft cap where it becomes like yeah. kind of the margin. You know, it just beco- doesn't become worth it to do more levels. Like, like with most games, there's like a hard cap where you just physically can't level up anymore. But there's also a soft cap where the marginal change in your abilities between two levels doesn't really increase enough for the amount of hassle it is to get the XP for the next level. Do you understand? Yeah, what I, mean? I don't understand what you mean, but with Fallout, it's more like you'll get, like, you'll have, the perks are are separate boosts to your basic, like, you know, mm. damage or endurance, stuff like that. I mean, once you max out the special stats, it's what influences those rather than your level. Yeah. Um. But, I mean... So so yeah, some stuff exactly changed. Like previously, would have started off with like you know some uh, base points of five in each slot assigned, a few extra ones you could pop them up and down. That started on zero in this one, less points. I was a mixture of four and five for more stats, and I left luck at two because I figured to myself, you know what, I can't be the luckiest protagonist in a video game. Yeah, the nuclear apocalypse has happened in my lifetime. The vault I put into insert. No, I'm not going to say yeah. what's happened here. Let's just say it's not a fun time. Yeah. And then you wake up and you are like every Fallout game. You're the sole survivor. You're the lone wanderer. You're some dude standing around in a very clingy blue jumpsuit. Yeah. Uh, and you got to go and forge away. From it. So I figure my character it can't have been that lucky. It's really hamstringing me though. I like Top. I started off with two luck and it's really kicking me in the shit like because yeah. I put loads into charisma and would, I've failed every single would your recommendation test. before we because I don't want to get too into the numbers of things yeah. but to, to kind of uh, round off the, the numbers, numbers and the perks discussion uh, would you recommend like you did to me that everybody should just go four for each one and then go from there See, if they're unless they are an RPG wunderkind and, and they know the kind of build they want yeah I mean like there's always sample builds online that you know would lead you towards you know max out this leave nothing in that and this means you're good at this pretty good at this thing like I usually kind of second third playthroughs of games like while I tend to go and look at them suggested builds yeah. my first build I always go average everything and I mean especially now with the way it is now where your special stats are not locked in and you can increase them as you level up. There's much more freedom now. I mean, it's it's entirely kind of there's much less of a penalty. It's not as hard a choice. Now I didn't know that, so I treated it like it was the same old hard choice as always. And um, and I just figured there'd be more opportunities to boost them individually during the game or that, or it was or kind of changing it a little bit. But it's no longer such a big decision now that you can eventually grind everything back up again. Okay, um, take us through the uh, the joy or the hassle, whichever you consider it to be, of character creation in terms of like the physical appearance. We already talked about the stats. So much better than it has been before. Yeah, um, incredibly customizable. I would say I love the click and drag. It's so good. Yeah, now, it's kind of more like not necessarily exactly the same because I think there's more numbers to it in these. But like games like uh, WWE games, where there's incredible depth to the different creation things you can do that if you understand what you're doing you can make some fucking mad stuff now that said i was still getting the hang of it and i ended up giving my guy was i like i liked everything i did with his face except for the fact that i gave him literally no upper lip so his teeth were like coming out of his nose and every time he talked his lower lip moved lower his jaw and lower lip moved like that but it was, it was, it was like he was like 
he basically looked like that thing where you roll your upper lip in underneath so you just say your teeth and I was like oh what have I done yeah like a mad overbite kind of yeah, mad underbite right. oh man underbitten to hell like um <laughs> um oh, yeah on my character I went for uh what would happen if Joel from The Last of Us was in Fallout and he had a bitch in his fuck scar <laughs> so yeah that, that's I went I, with subtle scar that's what I've gone with you know slightly grey in hair kind of like if the fall if Fallout was a movie, he'd be played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, kind of <laughs> that that kind of shit. Um, so yeah, I'm happy enough with my character. Uh, you, you went with the standard. You named him after yourself. Yeah. Um, I just want to hear that I went because I read the news story during the week that the you can there's, it, there's over two thousand names programmed into it for the robot to stay. Codworth. Codsworth. Nine hundred and twenty-seven um, confirmed. I think and it. that the first ones that they put in for him to say were all based on like you know science and sci-fi and see we, we both missed the trick. Like we both missed the trick because you know what? what names are in there? What boobies? Oh, is it? You'll say boobies. I thought I thought when you heard about the sci-fi thing, you would have called him Captain Malcolm Reynolds. See, I didn't hear about that. Oh, did you not? And now you regret that you didn't call him yeah. Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Um, I'm just Asimov. Which I thought was cool. And he does say it. Confirmed. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy enough with it as well. I'm obviously, uh, because I've been working, I haven't been uh, dipped into it half as much as you have. Uh, or a third as much dipped as you have. Dipped into it? I'm just, I'm rolling around and I'm covering uh, yeah, all I've over. Ba- I've like, barely, barely scratched the surface. So, so enjoy it, though. <laughs> enjoying it so far. Like, I'm obviously, I like Fallout. I don't enjoy it half as much as you. I don't think anybody on the face of the God, this God's Earth does. Um, but loving it so far. Um, I'm going to withhold my like my final judgments until I've gotten proper. Like it's kind of like with The Witcher, with RPGs and things like that, big games, real big games. With the very rare exception, it takes me a while to get in a mood where I want to like binge through it. And but like, then remember, I had like... The Witcher for nearly a month. Like I had it for a couple of weeks, played it a little. I was like, oh, I'm just starting to enjoy this now. But then I knew I was going on holidays. And I was like, I don't want to get too deep into this one. I'll have to put it down for two weeks. So I left it, and then in July I picked it back up again, and just relentless went through it until Metal Gear came out. Metal Gear really put the fucking the uh, kibosh. Yeah, the kibosh on that, and I never, I didn't come back to it until last week. Then when I went and beat the game, um, and we actually next week must talk about Hearts of Stone. But um, yeah, enjoying Fallout so far. Your it gets a big thumbs up from you, I oh, assume. Yeah. Oh, how's it? Modding um, man. Yeah, that's good. So, like, people, I assume, like, Fallout is one of these kind of things, like, if you're interested in Fallout, you've probably already got it by now. Um, Here's the question, actually. Uh, the kind of final question before we move on to the news. And, again, we will probably talk about Fallout 4 more in weeks to come as we get deeper into the game. Um, but for now, I think that's a nice primer on how we feel about it and how you feel about it in particular as the RPG correspondent on the podcast. How would you rate this as a game for newcomers to the franchise? More or less welcoming than 3? I, if I'm to speak personally, you speak first, well, I think as I'm... someone who isn't into RPGs as much as you, I would much have preferred this as my introduction to Fallout than Fallout 3. Because you didn't spend much time flying around in the vault? Fallout 3 felt way more kind of at points with the RPG elements that you love all so dearly as more of I don't want to say grind but more of a kind of like oh for fuck's sake yeah. do you know uh, like I just felt it wasn't as alive to me it's not as like the RPG elements of three like they aren't as slick like there's mm. no there's been definite work put into yeah. this to make it 
simpler and easier. Yeah. Like. What like what got me into The Witcher, for example, like because like I've said before many times in this podcast, RPGs usually aren't my thing. Like I'm, I'm not a JRPG or RPG guy, generally speaking. What got me into The Witcher was the fact that there are RPG elements there. They're not too hardcore at all. But what makes you want to get better at them is that the story and the world are so damn good. Uh, which is why I think as well the Fallout 4 might be better than Fallout 3 for newcomers because the world, like I said, is brighter. It's more vibrant. There's more variation to it already and I'm only in, I've only been in a tiny yeah, little pocket there's, of it. There's one thing that I have as a matter of concern for that variation thing you mentioned in. is it a spoilery thing or no is it... it's okay, not fine. I'm not yeah. going to give any details just basically there are a couple of quest types side mission quest yeah. types hmm. no details about it but they're basically it seems to be that if you complete one the particular NPC quest giver will give you another one exactly like it in a different location yeah and then another one exactly like it in a yeah, different game. Yeah, look, that's a that's a trope of the open world game. Never been in any of the Fallout's before. Yeah, right? but look, at a certain point with kind of what consoles can do now, the world is so big that you're going to have to like. I don't th- I don't agree that you should. I think like maybe a smaller, tighter world. You don't necessarily have to go for the biggest fucking map you can render. Yeah. But I think if you're trying to be ambitious and go for like a massive, massive map it's going to happen that you're going to have some like very similar GTA is fucking guilty left right and centre of um, yeah no I just GTA 5 less so than other ones because GTA games traditionally and like when we come up with some other GTA games on the book club you'll see there are so many tailing missions and shit like that that just recur and recur and recur with like, only slight variations. Like Skyrim had them. Skyrim had lots of them. go to this cave and bring back this artifact. All well, Skyrim to like... me was is has always been a lot like the Elder Scrolls games have been a lot more about the grind than Fallout, or at least than Fallout Three. Mm, yeah. Debatable, um, but it just I just after like the three in New Vegas and the fact that every single quest is a unique quest. And then to see this coming in, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I appreciate them because they grant a hell of XP, mm. uh, and they're really handy to just grind up a couple of levels. Yeah. But it just it puts in the same way that the pre-order with no details is the harbinger of doom to you. Yeah. This repeating is side quests, generic repeatable yeah. side now, quests. One thing I will say about that is I would much rather generic repeatable side quest than generic repeatable main story mode. At least yeah. because they're side quests, by their very nature, they are optional. And yeah. Maybe not so, as much for you because you feel like I need to level up to fuck. So yeah. you might say, look, that means I have to do a lot of these. So that might be a pain well, for you. But for me, like, because I will, you know me, I like my story. So I'll probably like once I'm a significant, yeah. like once I'm leveled up enough that I can take on what's ahead of me main story wise, I won't really care about the grind. But like they thought they'll, they'll tie it in like they'll tie in like you know where you do a couple of different quests for a bigger NPC then you unlock dialogue options with them and you get some story from them and all contributes to the bigger whole so it is important to do the side missions in mm. Fallout games because you learn stuff and you get options then like yeah. you know it's just I just it brings my mind back to those stupid fucking missions in Assassin's Creed where you have to jump in with a bunch of people and follow someone to get around and poke them in the back with your wang um, that's exactly what happened in Assassin's Creed yeah it's just worrisome like that at the same time i've had lots of kind of different ones it's um i've had lots of kind of unique and interesting things that have happened so far i met some really cool characters um 
looking at the factions and that like it's kind of I'm really I'm I'm starting to meet the factions, mm. but I don't know yet how they feel about each other yeah. in a lot of ways. You feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm worried like how far can I go with each of them? You know, before one of them eventually wants to fuck me, <laughs> um, and won't take no for an answer. Um, it's kind of like yeah, I'm really really enjoying this game i would think yes it's probably more accessible than three because it's simply it's a more modern kind of game there's a better idea of how you construct and package a game for a broader audience Mm. um now at the same time in terms of welcome to the series there is one thing i will say david nothing could possibly welcome you to something the way that Liam Neeson welcomed you to life <laughs> in Fallout this Three. Is, this is true. So this is true. you know, um, but at the same time, uh, it's like I'm not going to say to people, "Oh, fuck off and go back and play a three, play New Vegas, or, or anything like that." Or you don't need to, like obviously. But um, you would recommend it for people who are interested in the series, but you wouldn't necessarily just go, "No, you can't play four. No, absolutely having... not. Because yeah. I mean, like. You know, you can ask everybody about everything in Fallout 4. Like, you know, if you play Fallout 3, you know what happened in the wider world. You know who most of the factions, the existing factions already are. Some of the recurring characters and that like. But you can ask everybody about them. Yeah, you're not missing out. They'll tell you all about them, you know. So you're not not missing nothing. Like, but yeah, just go pick it up and play it for fuck's sake. Yeah, so Fallout 4. Just do it! So just do it! Right, so we'll we'll come back to that. I think put a pin in that. That's yeah. an interesting one, like, in development, because I imagine that's going to be your playing this week for quite a while. Quite some time, yeah. Yeah. Right, so um, that's our playing this week, and that means it is time for the news. News on the mark! So the first news story we've already tipped on a little and that's the performance issues scuffing the release of Fallout 4 a little bit. Uh, Brian has already put his cards on the table there saying it doesn't really bother him that much but he's an abused spouse. So no, 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 no. We're going to get in so much trouble if this is ever popular and people go back and listen and then we're going to be horrible people like the time Jeremy Renner and Chris yeah, Evans said yeah, yeah. the word slow. I can't think of it like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I can't unfortunately think of a, like a, yeah, like a it's, better parallel but it is the fact that like you would be more forgiving. We'll put it this way: you would be more forgiving of uh, issues with Fallout, especially because you are one of the great survivors of the Skyrim launch, aren't you? Yeah, but I was Xbox 360 on yeah. the Skyrim launch. But you remember the Skyrim launch, yeah? Which was like that game was fucked on PlayStation for months, yeah. Um, and you scared the Pachis out. <laughs> yeah, that but out. like this was the thing, right? So after the embargo lifted, but before the game came out, um. Also, it was kind of funny that I don't know if you read that story that the Fallout review embargo had, had an embargo, embargo yeah. so they couldn't even talk about when the embargo was up because there was an embargo on the embargo. Hey, gir- hey, girl, would <laughs> you like embargoes? We put an embargo on your embargo. Um, so yeah, that was kind of silly. And then once the embargoes, which I think might I've that never had, I've never, I, yeah, I've never had cause to use that in, uh, as a plural, but uh, when the embargoes lifted. Um. then word started coming out that there was performance issues now it seems that it's not to a man like it's not every single copy of the game is fucked uh, it seems like it's happening more on Xbox <laughs> Um, and it seems like even on PlayStation like even on PlayStation it does happen but it's not all the time and it's not to everyone 
So like you may be one of the lucky ones that just hasn't encountered like apart from the glitches you've uh, talked about like hasn't encountered anything major. But there are a lot of people reporting that um, every time, every time on some people's games that they use scopes or aim, the mm. frame rate chugs like a motherfucker. That is it, like it drops to basically nothing. Like, Alright, that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. Um it goes horrible. Like the only time um I've encountered like ridiculous and consistent frame rate drops in a game lately is whenever in The Witcher you're in the swamps. Yeah, and everything goes misty. And that seems to be happening to most people with that game. But uh yeah. That like when that stuff comes out, now granted, like I said, most people who were buying Fallout already had it paid for and pre ordered and were picking it up on the day. And so it wasn't going to sway them. They already knew this was going to happen. But this is the thing. But this is the thing. Like people, they, we knew this was going to happen. We're people that are in touch with Fallout, with Bethesda. We know who Bethesda are. We know what they do. But like for the casual kind of like, oh, there's a thing I see on my shelf. If they, um, you know, what I mean, it's bad press is what I'm getting at here. It's like uh, it's troublesome. You don't want. Look, it's not Assassin's Creed Unity. No, it's you know, no Halo Master Chef collection where, like, you know, it was a collection that everybody was excited for the multiplayer, and the multiplayer didn't work for like three months, I think. Um, it's no Batman Arkham Knight on PC. Like, it is, I think, kind of the the bane of large sandbox games like that. That you're gonna have those kind of performance issues. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even like, call them performance uh, GTA issues. Online didn't work for ages when it yeah. came out. Like, it's not like that's not to say Fallout Four doesn't work. It works, but that's also not to say that that's carte blanche for developers to ship a game when it doesn't work. No. Like, what really should have been done there, like, if you're talking ethically and things like that, is they should have said, right, it's coming out in December instead. See, the thing is, with a game like this, it's never going to be perfect. But, like, if that, like, if it turns out that those frame rate issues, because we don't know, the game has only been in the wild for less, like, for 48 hours. Yeah. So we don't know how widely reported those frame rate issues are. If it is a thing, like... If it's a Batman way, on PC. If it's a Batman on PC, if it's a Skyrim on PlayStation. Yeah. Those games should have been delayed. They shouldn't have been released. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that's that's the thing. We need to, like, this culture of the day one patch, this culture of shipping a game because that's when you said it's going to ship, regardless of whether it's working Finished or, or not, fucking yeah. not. No, that bullshit. Honey talk. Like, look, I was... Honey talk. Look, I was annoyed as much as anybody when um, Uncharted 4 was delayed until next year. But at the same time, I'm like, no, fucking fair play to them because that game is probably going to work when it comes out. Do you know what I mean? They, the reason that was pushed back, well, firstly, because they fucking, uh, early on in development, completely changed the, the team that were in charge of that. They put the Last of Us guys on it and Amy, Amy Hennig left. Um, So, I kind of, like, I was annoyed, but at the same time, you make that concession, you go, well, I'd much prefer to wait, like, wait four or five months, and then on day one, I have a game that works, rather than get the game six months early, but it takes them six months to fix. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because like the idea of if I was a PC owner and I've had Arkham Knight sitting oh, on my Steam man, store I'd... since June, I would have gone medieval. Like I would have got I Jesus. Like I couldn't handle that. So like I really think there needs to be some and there will come a tipping point. There will come a tipping point against this shipping a broken game culture. I thought it was gonna happen last year. Because we yeah, had I... within a couple of weeks we had Drive Club. Uh, nobody cared about Drive Club yeah, I know yeah stop trying to make Drive Club happen um, we had Drive Club come out we had Halo Master Chief Collection and Assassin's Creed Unity that all happened within like a month yeah and I thought right this is the moment now granted this year with the exception the obvious notable exception of Batman on PC 
there hasn't been that much of an issue. Like there hasn't been a consistent. Whoa, this game is broken as fuck. Even Assassin's Creed was. They they pulled it together. Not, still not a good game. Yeah, but they still I'm they still glitchy in points. But yeah, they definitely the issues that plagued it last year weren't uh, as common this year. Uh, there was no people with no faces making nightmare fuel. Uh, all yeah. over the place I, but no, yeah I, it's just I put that in there and I know you'd already addressed it I just put that in there to make a point um, just kind of like it's a valid of, point one of the views I've always had is that like and it's the, it comes back to my whole view on that the, the season pass for Fallout argument that we had a couple of weeks ago is that like I'm going to put my like at a certain point I'm going to start putting my money where my mouth is and the best way to discourage these kind of practices is to not to buy the fucking game do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not buying the season pass because my state, like, even though I'm probably drowned out by all the people, like, because you got the season pass, a load of people would have gotten the season pass. Like, I'm probably drowned out by those people. My view on it was, I don't want to pay for something that I don't have a fucking clue what it is, you know. Um, and the same goes for like if in future I hear a game's broken as fuck and I don't already have it paid it for, I will go right. I'm not getting. It. Do you know? I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is on that. And I think that's like a consumer practice that you should kind of encourage because the only way that the big AAA developers will understand that they need to stop doing that is when it hits them in the pocket and that's why Ubi uh, kind of made sure that the game wasn't half as broken this year with Assassin's Creed it was, was, happens, it was such a backlash last year that oh, it was like not. this series is dead if it happens again well not dead but it's certainly like see it's it, that was I think that was a lot of that was a straw camel's back scenario because People are sick to the IT of oh. annual fucking installations well, that don't the, work. The thing was the the kind of the unfortunate kind of like the the thing that would counter your argument is that people actually love the one the previous year, and I think that's part of the Black problem flag. as well. Black yeah. flag. People love fun. people love Black Flag because you had the ship. The problem was that it was going from oh my god, they still know how to make a good Assassin's Creed game. There hasn't been a good one since two, <laughs> uh, and then it came to oh god, they still remember how to make terrible ones as well. <laughs> this one's the terriblest of all. <laughs> Um, my flag purely because of the ship stuff none of the rest of it is good ship combat people enjoy none yeah. of the rest of it is good um, then there's the, the whole thing that we got to remember as well uh, that the last uh, one of there's this three Fallout related stories here you'll love that um, Fallout was also and this is one I dug up from a few months ago um, just to remind because I don't think it's something I ever said is that Fallout they're promising regular updates to the game uh, kind Looking of in the way those lads at CG Project Red and saying huh yeah but it is pretty much like mm-hmm. uh, if you read the statement they made at the time like if you open that news story from IGN um, they said that it's not only bug fixes which they should be doing anyway there should be no announcement going hey we're going to fix some bugs pat us on the back for it no but what they're saying is they're going to introduce new mechanics and stuff like that as well so yeah kind of like maybe not qu- uh, well almost certainly not quite to the extreme of uh, from the start CD Project Red saying we're going to have was it 12 or 16 weeks of free DLC See the thing and is, like some of them were shit. Like you yeah. know what I mean. Like alternative costumes for things. Like, but it's still free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the thing, the, no, when they say free updates, Dave, you have to remember that a large portion of that is going to be mods that gamers have made. No, that's it's separate from that. Separate. They from said that? it's separate from that. It's stuff they're doing themselves. Because I thought I read that in the new story. There was no. About that's mods. part in part of the story. They said the mod thing is happening as well. That's coming to consoles next year. But they said they themselves are making going to make free updates to it consistently for a year or so. So like it could be things like and I reckon one of the first things if it isn't in already like they'll do a CD project Red and just go a oh, free update new game plus is in it yeah do you know something like that um they'll do that kind of thing like alternate outfits stuff like that just kind of nice little nothing substantial at all I would imagine I'd be shocked um, there'll be special unless they weapons. unless they hit on something going oh the game is hideously imbalanced here they might fix that 
but there'll um, be specialist weapons and yeah, things like that, that. and uh, like it might go to the extreme like I think one of the ingenious things was um, that Metal Gear did this year Metal Gear gave you bonuses in terms of items and money if you log in every day <laughs> which is like yeah, that's so smart because they're weird and Asian yeah but like it's really smart it's like it's actually incentivizing you to play it every day or at least turn it on and be thinking about Metal Gear all the time it's very like it's brilliant it's brilliant um so then the third and final Fallout story before unfortunately Brian doesn't get to talk about Fallout anymore this week um, what do you make of this Brian because you're someone who would have enjoyed this if you had um, you know been quick off the mark enough Game uh, which is kind of it's not here in Ireland anymore but it's still in the UK Game has cancelled anybody who had pre-ordered the Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4 they got contacted about a week and a half ago saying that they're pre-orders cancelled that they don't have the Pip-Boys anymore first off let me just say was not I wasn't slow, that I was slow off the mark it was that I was an idiot because I thought the Pip-Boy pre-order was North America only and didn't bother to actually read any of the stories oh and then by the time you realised you, you were slow off the mark no like, it was too late it yeah. wasn't about being slow off the mark it was okay. just about being an idiot uh, this, now I saw now I don't know if it was the same story but I saw a thing whereby not all but some game customers got notifications that their pre-orders had been cancelled and others got notifications that their pre-orders had been doubled. That's weird. Suggesting a, a, a wicked mad software glitch as opposed to... And not that every single game uh, customer who yeah. pre-ordered had had it cancelled. Well, I, I didn't see that part of it now. I just saw the part where like it was a Twitter storm and I didn't see any resolution happening at all where people were just losing their pre-orders and going mental about it. The game just emailed them saying, we don't actually have any now. Hmm. So I don't know. We, we, we can get to the bottom of that and figure it out for next week. Like I don't want to bore people to tears by going out my way to Google the update on it or anything like that. Um, but yeah, like that's a, and that's not the first time this year game did that. Because they well, did it with a special edition for Batman. There's a reason they folded in Ireland. Yeah, there is. I distinctly remember like much as people, much as people kind of give out about um, GameStop here and in North America, a game were so much worse for customer service, trade-in values, all that sort of thing. Like, I am... Um, yeah. Uh, I don't miss them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, moving on then. Um, for those of you who are Mass Effect fans, you got a little treat this week. A very, very kind of obscure, not real... Nothing more than a whet the appetite teaser. It was N7 Day, which is very important to the Mass Effect fans. It makes their mass erect. Way. <laughs> Um, and it was just a short teaser uh, of Commander Shepard it was the female Commander Shepard as she is often called um, Jennifer Hale I think it was. It is the uh, voices her yeah um, just kind of Commander Shepard signing off then big picture of the ship and Mass Effect Andromeda coming soon uh, which I think is a nice touch you know what I mean for N7 Day like I I didn't think of it but if I thought it would have gone oh they're definitely going to do something do you know what I mean and presumably that game it's supposed to be a 2016 game and would not be shocked if the day falls right for them to put it out on November 7th or close to it next year. Um, so that was a nice little touch. I appreciate sometimes when like, you know, developers go out of the way, obviously, you know, it's promoting the game, but at the same time, it's like, it's not something they had to do, but it's a nice little treat uh, without giving too much away. Here's a shocker this week. Shocker for you. Could, yeah, no, shocker for me, but like, not so much that it was good, but 
like the actual like the voraciously uh, positive response to could Rise of the Tomb Raider be the game of the year right so Rise of the Tomb Raider we talked about it on the show before that Rise of the Tomb Raider is the most preposterous timed exclusive in history because uh, Microsoft for a long time were insisting no Xbox exclusive no no it's Xbox exclusive it's not coming out anywhere else and then kind of like a couple of months later we're like it's coming out on PlayStation 2016 <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's a timed exclusive by a year so it'll be out on PlayStation next year but the embargo lifted around the same time the embargo lifted for Fallout uh, 4 and like I thought right Fallout 4 going to dominate the news this week and it has but like I saw people people I trust in games journalism the likes of uh, Brad Shoemaker Brian Altano so like particularly Brian Altano with IGN um, going this is the game that means you should buy an Xbox One not Halo, not Sunset Overdrive. This is the game. That's how good it is. They were like, it is basically the best kind of Tomb Raider game mixed with a really good Zelda game. And if there is a way to sell me on something, <laughs> it is by saying it's like a real good Zelda game. Um, so yeah, this game so is coming out. <laughs> it, it's being awarded like four or five stars. It's being awarded like, you know, nines or tens out of ten. Like it's being like it's being really really critically odd and people just go and just go, please do go out of your way to play this game and it's out on Friday. Now you weren't entirely surprised by this. You've had you've had some good. You I got the definitive, the, the definitive collection. collection. Now I, I thought it was good at the time to take you back to two years ago when it actually came out. People were like, yeah, it's good and it's a lot better than Tomb Raider games have been for about ten years. But at the same time, they were like, there's something missing. It's not quite there yet and much in the same way like the first Uncharted game got pegged as going okay this is trying to be Tomb Raider a bit much at some points it got pegged as being oh, we could just play Uncharted because now Tomb Raider is trying to do Uncharted mm. you know so like that's how some people felt at a, about it at but it had RPG elements RPG yeah those RPG elements you love so dear but yeah you weren't that surprised by this I of... really like I mean like the film the collection I found it wasn't that kind of game where it was like you know say last or something like that where you're just like and it, like a fucking the game literally reached out of the television screen fish hooks you and says look look at this you know it wasn't one of those but at the same time I had pretty much a flawless playing experience at no mm. point was I bored at no point well a couple of points I was frustrated with the jumping puzzles uh, trying to figure out my way around things Um but I just really I just played as soon as I bought it for like 14 quid on the PSN and I just I played it and I played it and I played it I couldn't put it down I don't that know. was that around Christmas was it? about that yeah yeah Um, I just like I burned through that game like it was just it kept me hooked it kept me playing it like and not in a kind of way like a Bioshock where I'm walking away I'm going to go like I have to tell everybody about this game yeah. I was just like yeah like for the first time we walked away from Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite we were just shook <laughs> but like it just did like hugging my knees rocking back and forth yeah. screaming uh, and it wasn't like that like because you know it's a, it's, a, it's a standard Tomb Raider game it was interesting mm. like don't get me wrong it wasn't a dull story it was an interest, quite an interesting story yeah um, there were ninjas you know um, <laughs> I, I really really enjoyed it like um, it would have been the kind of game whereby like I strongly recommend it. Like I'm enjoying it a lot more than obviously Uncharted One. Uh, obviously, I haven't got to Uncharted Two yet because you know follow. Um, 
but definitely I'd recommend it because it's going to be continue to be cheap so all you PlayStation non-Xbox people like myself who are looking to get a bit of a Jones to get a bit of a fix probably check that shit out not knowing if the new one's anything like it at all yeah but I can't imagine they'd completely throw the baby out with the water on that mm. um, and there's probably a lot of similarities probably built on, the, on them bones them bones that need calcium yeah and whereas me like someone with an Xbox the other side of things is looking like and it wasn't something I had planned to do at all I'm like I think I might pick up this game on Friday when it comes out <laughs> mm. you know I've, I'm going to be house sitting now for a week uh, starting this weekend and I was like I might bring the Xbox with me and like play through Tomb Raider and play through Halo and then come back and finally hey, you just can't you can't let anything that's remotely close to innuendo pass without making a face can you no even uh, when it's a bad face <laughs> even when it's bad innuendo um, Tomb so Raider yeah, then oh god then when I come back from house sitting then is the time to really kind of immerse myself in Fallout 4 See the way then I changed from plow out or plow through. Like I, I changed the verb so you couldn't. Yeah, you're just pointing there, aren't you, little? Yeah. All right, so moving on um, further into the news from this week. Next week, Telltale Games Game of Thrones. Game of fucking Thrones. Game of fucking Thrones. Game of fucking Thrones. Season one, presumably, there's going to be a season two because, like, it's you know, Telltale don't hate money. Uh, <laughs> All that money and success and money those so, guys have. Um, I haven't played. The trailer since, is up. The trailer is up. I um, haven't played since episode th- uh, since part three. Yeah, uh, episode three. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I'm on episode four somewhere at the moment. Yeah, it's the same. Like, I'm still. I'm on the last episode of Walking Dead season one. Um, oh god that's so good finish it yeah I know I know also it's a platinum it's an easy platinum yeah I know I'm what well, I'm on episode 2 or 3 of Tales from the Borderlands um, you finished Wolf Among Us I finished Wolf Among Us I couldn't stop Wolf yeah. Among Us Wolf Among Us is amazing man yeah. go fucking play Wolf Among Us yeah I should um, yeah the reason I was bringing this in is like what are your impressions so far anyway like is it something are you looking forward to having the complete set and then piling through and finishing it yeah um, oh so it's one of those kind of ones it's, it's there like it's on the stack of many many games that I have begun incredibly enjoyed and then just like I need to come back come, something I else need shiny to, comes something out something else shiny you know follow camera um, <laughs> that's your answer to everything yeah it is um, erectile dysfunction follow camera <laughs> good god and you drop something. <laughs> so professional. Fuck off, Rui. I'm cool. <laughs> Penis jokes and, la- and fucking loud noises in the background. Hallmarks of quality you'll only find a link to the cast. Look, watch yourself now. You do not want a repeat of episode two of the Student Observer podcast. <laughs> I actually was nearly about to make a reference to our old podcast there. <laughs> what was episode two? Oh, you stormed out. I uh, did a storm yeah. out, yeah. God, someday we'll... And someday then I came when back. We're, someday when we're really stuck for news, we'll tell some tales about recording podcasts five or six years ago on the worst Oh, fuck ever. off, don't... The worst, mi- the worst microphone ever created by man. Stormed out and then I came back in to ask if you wanted tea. And then I stormed back out again. Yeah, exactly. Right, so moving on again. Uh, Call of Duty still makes money. That's, that's not really news, though. Um, Look, it's not. It isn't it's not. It's, it's not news because like Call of Duty always makes considerable money. But it is news in as much as people have been saying that last year is now the tipping point where it's going to start... Petering yeah, out but there's a little the, bit, not kind of a massive crash, but look, kind of. I put like this: there's a long downward slope from the you know Olympian heights that they're at now in terms of making money 
before it's really news that Fallout 4 is not making money. You know, I mean, they could probably... Fallout. Co- Fallout, sorry. Call of Duty. Call of Duty is not making... Fallout on the fucking brain, yeah, mate. That Call of Duty is not making money. I mean, like, you know, they could stand to make a lot less money no, and still like, be making a lot more like, I money. Don't know, I don't know if you read the details here. Right? No. Activision Blizzard has announced that Call of Duty Black Ops 3 pulled in, in its first three days of launch... $550 million, making it the biggest entertainment launch of 2015. That includes movies, music, and books. I don't know why. <laughs> right? I don't know why the story says books. Of course $550 million. Outside, like, Can you imagine if it, someone wrote a book and it, it just blew The Bible like came out in a hair's breadth. <laughs> <laughs> right? That King James Bible, though. So, like, it's... Additionally, the publisher also uh, crowed that Call of Duty Black Ops 3 has the highest player engagement of any entry in the franchise ever, with more hours per player racked up so far than any other COD title ever. So, that's... That's pretty good. It has outgrossed... It has, like... What is it now? They're saying the... um, this is Luke Carmally with IGN and he's kind of like then going back on that statement and saying right is it really as good as they're portraying it to be because he's saying from that information it certainly sounds like Call of Duty franchise is back on track because they've been kind of like tipping a bit down they've been on a small bit of a downward slope the last couple of years Black Ops 2 which launched in 2012 made over 500 million dollars so just 50 million dollars less but in one day and only in the United States so you know, it's still like it's down, significantly down compared to that. But at the same time, it's still, you know what I mean. For a franchise that hasn't exactly been reinventing the wheel, um, as like uh, several friends of mine who were traditionally COD fans are saying that, like nowadays, it's pretty much like a seventy quid map pack once a year. You know, uh, like it's still interesting to see. Although, again, you know, Assassin's Creed still usually sells well, so what the hell do I fucking know about games? Um, Here's an interesting one for you, Brian, and this could be a little bit of a discussion piece if I can get the uh, story open. IGN. They periodically do this to kind of, like, it's been a slow news week, so let's do some filler. Have created what they believe is, their editors believe, is the top 25 PlayStation 4 games released to date. So, will I fire through them... Yeah. Or will I kind of I've had go through them and you can stop me when you have thoughts? Well, you haven't seen read it yet, have you? No, I haven't. I have. You have. Will okay. I read the list to you? Okay, let's do that. You sound this so is... afraid of this. Yeah, yeah, handing the baton to you. Let's see if we turn the ship into the rocks. We hear hmm. the siren song and just dash ourselves upon the rocks. Do you want to start at one and go back, or no? We go to twenty-five. We build the suspense. Build the suspense. Come oh, on, sorry. Uh, come on now. Okay, so at number twenty-five, yeah. a game we've already re- re- uh, mentioned this evening. Yeah, uh, Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I can't say anything about that because, like, still haven't played it. I should be iron the to. list. I own it. Should be iron the list. Oh, you, oh, you have seen the list. I was gonna say you don't know what's now coming. Next. I do. Uh, it should be higher. Uh, number twenty-four. Yeah. Game you're quite fond. I think you'd be happy to see it here. Infamous Second Son. That's a that's a fucking good game. And you bought that. You haven't played it. I really started. Yet. I've played about half an hour of it. Yeah. It's good. It's real good. Uh, I love it. It's also one of the best kind of like uh, showcases for how the stuff you can do on the PS4 console, like in terms of kind of visual fidelity and stuff like that. 
a uh, lot of fun and a hella good uh, uh, bit of music to end the game as well when you get to it uh, it's good times don't want to give it away if I ever do yeah. uh, number 23 mm-hmm. Broken Age Broken Age oh my mate Tim Schafer yeah um, yeah I would go along with that <laughs> Should be in there somewhere. There's Tim Shaver in there. Like, you know, put that or Grim Fandango remastered in there. Go on. <laughs> Grim Fandango remastered. Yeah. Uh, number 22, a newish release. Yeah. Until Dawn. Still haven't played it. I have it. I haven't played it. <laughs> I know, you've had it ages. Yeah, I know. I've had it ages. Like, I picked it up uh, cheap enough. So, like, I have it and I really want to play it and everybody says it's really good. Um, the only thing they say is really short but I'd rather them say it's really good and really short than the order it's really which is really and bad and really short <laughs> <laughs> so bad it's really bad and even if you get over the badness it's still a rip off because it ends in like half an hour oh 21 the order no it's not oh it's my god n- it's not that, I would have just drive club sla- <laughs> no it's not fire <laughs> uh, those games are on that list <laughs> fuck everything burn it down uh, 21 uh, Minecraft Minecraft, yeah, fair enough. Should you can't be. really argue that Minecraft is like the, belongs like, in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number twenty, Far Cry Four. Yeah, yeah, I love Far Cry Four. Mm. Didn't think about it again. It's one of those games where it took me a while to get into it, as you might remember. It took me a couple of weeks before because, like, it, I had just gotten this big TV, and it was the fidelity of the game the prettiness of the game was so fucking intense, and the first person view combined with that gave me motion sickness. <laughs> I still prefer Far Cry 3 yeah. in terms of the story you see that was my Far Cry 4 is my entry point into it all so you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. but if you play Far Cry 3 like I told you it's fine. <laughs> right come yeah. on number 19 everybody's gone to the rapture yeah love that game love that soundtrack we just talked about the soundtrack to it today it's a fucking whopper game uh, don't know if it's everybody's cup of tea but certainly was mine okay. 18 one that you discovered and quite liked along with everybody else Rocket League. Rocket League is badass. I love Rocket League. I have such a soft spot for that game. I'm really glad I got in there. Really glad. 17. Now, here's one that was on the, the PS Plus there a while back. I had never bothered downloading and playing it, but I added it to the library. Guacamelee. It's good. It's good. Uh, Mark Robinson is a man who could tell you Baron about Guacamelee until you're blue in the face. Baron Far Cry 4. Baron um, Minecraft. I'll put it this way. The people who get into Guacamelee are so much more obsessive about Guacamelee than anyone to do with Rocket League is. So, yeah. I, like, I'll leave it. I have, I've barely oh, no, I dipped just... my toe into Guacamelee. But, see, uh, the, thing about, the thing about it for you is I don't think it's your type of game. I'm looking at Wolf Among Us languishing there at 25. Yeah, I, see, I don't think it's your type of game, but I can understand how a consensus of a group of people would put it higher. 16 we were talking about earlier as well well this will definitely in the list of uh, top PC games of the year anyway Batman Arkham Knight <laughs> yes uh, great on PS4 uh, looks really like even though and that's a game you said, you need to get back and play that fucking game yeah because I still have got not got anybody apart from Mark eventually thankfully but I've not got anybody here in person to talk about what happens in that game and I need to Batman growls around the place no man it like punches dudes <sighs> Understand. You don't understand. Good game. Anyway. Number 15. Rogue Legacy. Not played it, but uh, everybody... Not even heard of it. Everybody loves Rogue Legacy. I do know that much. While Rogue Legacy looks like a fairly run-the-mill 2D action platformer, it's one of the most epic and idiosyncratic mm-hmm. adventures around. Ooh. Have you not ever heard of roguelike games? Have you not heard of people describing games as roguelike? Nope. Oh. Number 14. Rayman Legends. Yeah. 
Add yeah, it on why? Xbox. Have you not played it? Have you not seen Rayman I, Legends? I know who Rayman is. You've never seen Rayman Legends? No. Oh, it's so good. It's done on this new engine that Ubi have, the Ubi Art engine, where everything looks so good. And it's actually, it's one of the, I know you're not a platformer guy, but dear God, it's really, really, really good. Yeah, it's one of the best modern platformers I've played. Mm. Number 13, Child of Light. I only played a little bit of that, but yeah, you'd actually enjoy that. It's a JRPG, man. It's it's not the the J isn't particularly. Uh... How badly does the main character want to sleep with his stepsister who's underage? Not badly at all. And then it's not a JRPG. Yeah, the J is silent. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, right. Number twelve. I have a couple of friends who played this. I don't think you've ever played it. Diablo three. I know. Uh, like I, I I am familiar with the Diablo series. I played the original Diablo. Hack, um, slash, loot, and repeat, yeah. as IGN has it here. People damn love that game, and apparently the edition that is on PS4 is proper. Yeah, Larkin plays it. Fucking, yeah, he fucking loves it. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for it to get cheap enough to be worth me dipping my toe in. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I would say... There's a couple of games that, I'm already concerned. There's a couple of games that I'm like, why has this game not popped up yet? But I'm mm. hoping it's got a top 10 slot. There's one game in particular I'm thinking of that's going to be... It's an abomination if it's not on the list, but go on. Diablo 3. At the same time, video game reviewer Yatsi Krosha, it's given him one of his best of all times to say, why would you bother playing Dungeon Crawler when you could just scroll down an Excel spreadsheet a thousand times and just write, the most splendid track Trousers of them all. <laughs> Go watch all these videos to understand that. Number 11. Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. 14. Oh, come on. Like, seriously? Do you really give a shit anyway? Yeah, no. Let it go. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I love that. That is just... We've hit on a sore spot for you. Somewhere, this whole time, you've just been silently stewing about Final Fantasy. Keep it up. <laughs> No, no. Final. There's nothing fucking final about this series. <laughs> it's like it's like Final Destination, the movie series. <laughs> like, there's nothing final about this fantasy. <laughs> My fantasy is that it is the final one. Finally. Okay, what's next? You fucking madman. Number ten, Transistor. Transistor. Good. Hey you, hey you. Finally, you get it. Good, good game. Pretty game. It does look pretty, yeah. Wouldn't be as high on my list, I don't think. Again, I'm looking at... Particularly looking if a couple list. of my mates are not on this list. Uh, number nine. Okay, we're both going to agree on this being the bang on this list. Resogun. Yeah, Resogun. St- uh, Colin Moriarty, still banging that drum near, uh, like since the launch of PS4. Resogun is still the best game on PS4. <laughs> uh, number eight. Yeah. Middle Earth. Shadows yes, of Mordor. absolutely. That was one of the ones I was like, this has got to be on the fucking list. Yeah, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. Absolutely. Fucking, what, talk about a game that came out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. in terms of our expectations. Like, I saw the ads for that and I was like, this could be real shit. And then it was another case where the embargo lifted and people went, no, game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and I legged it down to And then we, then we were... Watched you play some of the executions. Oh, good the executions. God. oh good God. <laughs> that is a that is a great game. Which also you need to go back and finish. Yeah, yeah, right. You're yeah. like you're within like an hour of the platinum on that. No, I'm and, two or three. I don't think it's even that much. Maybe two, yeah. But you're very close to a platinum and just like haven't bothered. Like it's been sitting there for about a year. Yeah, leave me alone, right? <laughs> go on. Uh number seven, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh 
or there's not really any more we need to say about that no, really no hey, Grand Theft Auto speaks for itself number six Journey don't stop I love Journey no wait different one I hadn't played Journey on PS3 so it was interesting to get to experience it for the first time on PS4 and that is a damn beautiful game number five 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 definitely I'm in disagreement with this okay Dragon Age Inquisition I still have I have it I got picked up real cheap it's a really, really, really bad RPG, in my opinion. Yeah, in your opinion, but you are. Oh, people love minority. it. People are yeah, people yeah. are fucking rabid for it. It just is not to your taste. Like. It's a completely impenetrable crafting and inventory system. Mm. Um, needlessly complex uh, combat. Like I, I picked up The Witcher, and I was kind of like, oh, it seems a bit complicated. This combat system got into it fucking spot on. Yeah. Dragon Age combat system is, oh, I just. And it looks like cack as well. Yeah, I'll put it this way. Like, uh, for me, knowing how other people feel about it, it should be on the list. But at the same time, knowing how I feel about like Middle Earth and stuff like that, they should be there at that point on the list for me. But that's the whole point of these lists. Yeah. Number four. Absolutely no question about this. Last of Us Remastered. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Straight in. Top corner. Number three. Bloodborne. Look, look the way people feel about it. About, you know, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I wish I could play that game. <laughs> I wish I was good I, enough I to I understand my skills. Me. I wish I had the skills, or I wish I had the free time to develop the skills to be able to play that game. But I don't. And like, I, I wish love, I could be injured I in like a plane crash. The visuals I and have you know the money six million euros pumped into making me stronger yeah. and better and faster and able to play yeah, that game. Like, I don't know if you've seen many like videos of that game, but that game looks so good and so grim. Like, I really would love to throw myself into it. Would it not kick my ass all the time forever? <laughs> Do you want to t- hazard a guess at number two, or will I just tell you? No, go on. We could be here all day. Witcher three, Wild Hunt. Yeah. Oh, I. Do I know what number one is? I don't know, David. Do you know what number one is? There's one game I'm thinking of that's on my shelf that hasn't been mentioned yet, and it's the, it's one of the only ones I know or I'm pretty sure IGN gave a ten to. Can I guess? Well, no, I'll just tell you. I think. Can I guess? Do you want to guess? See if I'm wrong. Yeah. Is it Metal Gear Solid? No man, it's Farm Simulator. <laughs> of course, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> that's a hell of a fucking game. That's such a game, and that is like it's going to be interesting getting into. Game of the Year discussions with you when you don't know a fucking thing about Metal Gear and you haven't played it or anything like, um, yeah, that is a sublime. Oh, it's about this one-eyed a... old dude who's a mechanic, it's a sub... and he's trying to collect up. And same, he he runs kind of fast like Sonic, but instead of rings, it's little Metal Gears he's yes, collecting. That's precisely what happens. <laughs> you have nailed Metal Gear lore in a way no other man before you or that will follow you ever could. It's Score. no, it's truly sublime. Uh, it's a real and once in a generation. Like there, yeah, there will like there be very few games ever like it again. Um, yeah, no, because they shut it down, and sacked. No, they didn't. Kojima. No, they sacked Kojima. They are going to wring every last penny they can get out of Metal. Didn't Gear. they shut down Kojima Productions? Yes, that doesn't mean they'll stop making Metal Gear games. That just means the people that are able to make Metal Gear games won't be the ones doing it. It means they'll stop making good Metal Gear games. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. They're going to wring every last penny they can out of it. Um, But that is for another sadder time when we bring back Konami Corner again. They've been quiet the last couple of weeks, but, you know, calm before the storm, perhaps. You know, apart from that, I don't know if you saw that thing with uh, Kojima when uh, 
rumours come out Kojima has officially left Konami Productions Konami went no 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 he hasn't left at all and then someone got a hold on Twitter of a picture of him at his own going away party <laughs> and Konami insisted that he's just on holidays because you know the way you have goodbye forever parties for someone that's just going on holidays for a while <laughs> you haven't seen the I... last of Hideo Kojima and now goodbye forever right so um, an interesting thing and like obviously because it hasn't happened yet there's not much we can say but uh, it's interesting from um, just to know that it is happening uh, the next Nintendo Direct is happening next month so these kind of um, online live streaming he, hey here's the cool new things happening with Nintendo uh, there's one of those happening next week which is interesting because it's the first one that's happened since Sitaru Iwata died earlier this year um, so presumably we're going to get talk about the like the fall lineup for Nintendo, which is pretty fucking sparse, if I'm honest with you. We'll hear some, some more. Mario we'll hear some more about Star Fox. They'll pretend like they... Do a barrel roll! They'll pretend like Zelda isn't being held for the NX when they announce that next year. They'll pretend it's still coming out on the Wii U. Do a barrel roll! Um, and Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is, like I think, they're pretty much the only thing they're hanging their, uh, their financial projections on for the next few months. Um, so yeah it's interesting to see what will happen there because uh, Iwata usually played a big role in those so uh, we'll see what happens um, bit of sad news Brian oh, I, God, thank God you're sitting down Sony has stopped production of the Betamax tape <laughs> this is very per- per- peripheral to the kind of things we cover <laughs> in this podcast right so <laughs> what Pretty much everybody in the world saw this news story and assumed that they had already stopped making Betamax tapes. Oh, about 15, 20 years ago? For those of you who are depressingly younger than us, and like Betamax pretty much like, it's even before our time really. It is. But like at least we have heard of it. We know what it is. Do you know what I mean? We're old enough that we know what it is even if we've never used them. Basically when kind of videotape technology, shall we say, came out, there was two competing brands and it's kind of in the same way there was HD, DVD and Blu-ray. I think there was actually three or four of them anyway but the two big ones. But the two big ones were VHS and Betamax and Brian let's test your history of technology. What won the war for VHS over Betamax? VHS? No, no, no. What won it for VHS? We all know VHS won. Oh, um, Recordable, wasn't it? No. No, uh, oh no. Um, One particular decision. The movie pictures wasn't it yes movie pictures were on VHS Brian <laughs> no uh, it was so they got those di- moving pictures onto this cassette it was amazing <laughs> uh, no the the you know the so distribution deals from for what for films movies a particular type of film porn oh porn went with VHS and that's what that's what they say crippled Betamax <laughs> Which is funny, and I think like a similar thing. Not so VHS much. VHS more wiped clean. Well, the two things that like uh, the two things that helped because HD DVD is pretty much gone now. Mm. The two of the things that really helped Blu-ray seemingly were porn again, <laughs> and Blu-ray porn as well as that the PlayStation's decision to when they did the PS3 to charge people extra. That's why the thing was a million fucking euro when it came out the PS3 because it had a Blu-ray player in it. Porn's on Blu-ray now. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> That's what you're here for. <laughs> you're supposed to know these things. Wait, I mean, this isn't linked You've to the You've done por- the research. Wait, this isn't linked to the porn cast? I'm in the wrong studio. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then the final 
God, this is... Oh, God, this segue, considering what you just said. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this news story. Ryan, how much do you love video games? Um, Not as I'm much quite, as this guy. I'm, I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fond of them, but, you know, as a friend. From the mirror. Oh, PlayStation. That bastion, that bastion of news reporting. Yeah. PlayStation pervert. Already off to a great start. <laughs> Caught pleasuring himself over games console in front of stunned shoppers. There's a video here. I'll not play it. Yeah, you'll, you'll not press play it. <laughs> a yeah. man was filmed pleasuring himself to a computer game as stunned shoppers. Now, I haven't read this whole thing, but I really hope they tell us the game. No, I just want to stop you there and say, clearly this is written by somebody who does not have anything to do with consoles. Because to my knowledge, he was jacking it over the actual consoles. It's like over a computer game because a console and the game it plays are the same thing. CCTV footage shows the man wearing a red beanie hat and a black coat standing in front of the PS4 in an unknown electronics store. He promptly undoes his belt and drops his trousers, seemingly unfazed by two shoppers standing just feet away from him. At first, the other two men do not notice the PlayStation pervert, which I hope is like his supervillain name. But pervert soon, watch! But soon, back away after, after realising he's using the wrong joystick. Joystick, oh. a term which is no longer used oh. at all, except by people who don't know anything about video games. The men walk away to tell the store manager who arrives seconds later to throw the masturbating man out. He quickly does up his trousers. So much alliteration. The anonymous footage was posted on LiveLeak and so far gained several thousand views. Yeah. Thoughts, Brian? But in what way was he influenced by violent video games to perform this lewd and heinous act? I'm trying to... S- there's like you Must can see a picture of the TV without seeing anything in this news story. I'm trying to figure out what pause screen that's from. <laughs> the only one, like, if I was to think of like what PlayStation game, probably Quiet from Metal Gear Solid. The only thing I was thinking of was like, either Quiet or uh, one of the sex scenes in Witcher or DOA. Yeah, all of DOA. Do you know what actually looks like it might be Metal Gear? Just looking at the pause menu that's on that like I really don't want to look at this for too long <laughs> you can't see anything in the picture but even not seeing anything just knowing what happens in that scene is too much for me um, yeah so for the brave amongst you who want to go look it up and tweet me at Dave Ryan IV and tell me what the game was because I'm not watching this because you can and then you can also not tweet me Thanks. I am very curious to see what the game was I'm so not because imagine if it's like you know Mario last, Maker no because imagine if it's opening scene of The Last of Us <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear! <laughs> yeah, that's what. I, oh, hold on. There's six comments. <laughs> Let's see what they say. What a weirdo! <laughs> this is what this podcast is descending to. Se- second comment says first. I just really want one of these comments to say what the game was. What a weirdo was the first one. Excellent uh, input. Next comment. This will tell you No this will tell you The fucking the, the level of quality You're dealing with With the uh, readers of the mirror The next one Is from Barry Bonkers Who says Hashtag for the fappers <laughs> Which like Is both clever and awful In one go Yeah Someone says What is happening to this world Oh please People are no more Or less depraved Than they ever have been Someone then says It's getting more and more depraved And then the last person says Is right No who knows? The mystery will go on. I won't know what game it is. That makes me sad. God, I really hope it's not last. <laughs> I really almost not like I said that to try and get the yucks. And then I went, good God. 
Ooh. Right, Brian. Before we go into our book club this week, we have a short, brief, sousant of the thoughts of our friend Mark Robinson in the Mark Robinson Oriental Odyssey news update. Let's say China. 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 This week on the Mark Robinson Oriental Odyssey news update, Mark has one thing to say and it's aimed at Brian just because he wants to hear the reaction. Brian, the Fallout series is overrated. Brian is sad. Brian is angry. Urge to kill rising. He's scratching his beard in a way that makes me think he wants to slash Mark's throat. See, I want. I was literally... I put my hand up there because I wanted to say before we got into this that, you know, I thought I had a really cool new nickname for Mark. A friendly nickname. I was going to call him Mark Robinson Puso. Oh. And we were going to lol. Mark, Mark is- fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the Mark Robinson Oriental Odyssey News Update. Uh, okay, so it's time for the final part of our podcast and that is the book club this week's book club is one myself and brian are both very excited for this week's book club the witcher 3 wild hunt role-playing game set in an open-world environment developed by video game developer CD Projekt Red. Announced in February 2013, it was released worldwide for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on the 19th of May 2015. The game is the third in the series, preceded by The Witcher and The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings, which are based on the series of fantasy novels by author Andrzej Sapowski. Played in a third-person perspective, the players control protagonist Geralt of Rivia, a witcher who sets out on a long journey through the large land of northern kingdoms. Players battle against the world's many dangers using swords and magic while interacting with non-player characters and completing side quests and main missions all to progress through the story. Players mostly travel by foot or mounted on Geralt's horse Roach. The game was met with critical acclaim and was a financial success selling over 6 million copies in 6 weeks. The Witcher 3, Brian. One of a real kind of like I think this is the first one really that we've done since you've been on the show where well actually no Bioshock Infinite as well so it's one of only a couple of games we've done where like we both have a lot of time for the game in question you know it's a good game came out now I remember like I heard this game was coming out it looked cool but again the idea that I'm not necessarily the RPG guy and the idea that the three attached to it made me think, okay, am I going to miss out by not having it? Then it was a combination of the reviews it was getting and you got it, didn't you, on the day? Yeah. yeah. So you getting it and going, as you are so wont to do, uh, made me go, right, I'll stump up the cash and get it myself. So I got it. 
Uh, played it a little the first couple of days after I got it. Didn't really get too far into it. Kind of like got a bit down the way on the first quest line. Didn't really play it too much. Then, as I said earlier on the podcast, went on holidays. Realised that like if it was going to grab me, I needed to stop now because I wasn't going to get to play it for a few weeks. Went away, came back in July, decided, okay, there was a bit of a drought going on, as often happens in the summer. So I said, right, I'll pick back up The Witcher, see what happens. The next six weeks or so are kind of a blur. <laughs> um, As I got into it, it is probably the first RPG of its kind I've ever played that I've truly loved. You know, from start to finish, and to the extent where now like I'm excited playing the, the expansion pack and can't wait for the other expansion pack. Um, it's by no means Baby's first RPG, nor is it at the same time the most complex RPG you're ever going to deal with. It's somewhere nicely on the middle, leaning towards easier, I would say. I use myself as the barometer there, going, I understand it, therefore it cannot be above par in terms of complexity. Uh, the world that The Witcher 3 creates is both incredibly detailed, incredibly diverse, rich, beautiful, um, elegant, um, uh, any, Nuanced. just think of some adjectives and <laughs> it applies, um, massive, That that's one thing that we need to tip on straight away, is how fucking massive the world of The Witcher is, um, it's absurd. Like, the middle kind of portion of this game, and I don't think it's too, um, I don't think it's too spoilery to say Novograd and Velen, because mm. you can see them on the map from the start. Novograd and Velen alone is bigger than most games. Yeah. That's not to take into account White Orchard, the small area that's, like, only small by comparison, still quite large. Uh, White Orchard, which is where you start the game, and Skellige, where most players will end up that will be one like they will go there after Velen uh, and Novograd now as it turns out uh, who was it it was some gaming journalist and they were talking about how and they thought this is what everybody did they went from White Orchard like they spent kind of a couple of minutes in Velen and then went straight to Skellige yeah. didn't go to Novograd so went straight to Skellige well, you have to go to Novograd to get the boat but no they did oh, I, maybe they just went just to get the boat to go straight mm. over Something like that. They didn't get into any quest lines in Novograd or anything like that. Didn't finish um, half the shit anywhere. Like just kind of like had grounded out so much in White Orchard that by the time they got to to Velen, did a, little, a couple of things in Velen, and got the ability to take the boat across, they were fine. They were able to go to Skellige, which I think is a weird way to go about it. But that's the beauty of these open world games: take it whatever way you can once you survive. Um, what to say about it? There's so much to this game. Like, I will... I will never satisfactorily beat this game. Like, I have... Like I announced last week, I have beaten the main story. So I know what happens. But in terms of, like, beating every side quest... Never gonna happen. Um, In terms of, like, going back... Like, you're doing now new, doing New Game Plus on Death March difficulty... Never happening. But... It's a game that, when I think back on this generation of games, when it's like PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 6, when I think back, 
what are some of the games that I remember fondly from PS4? The Witcher 3 is right up there for me at the moment, as it stands. Like, obviously things can change by the time the console cycle is done. But um, CD Projekt Red, like, knocked it out of the park. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, making an RPG that is, like, both complex and detailed, but also accessible enough to people like me who have not only re- relatively no experience with complex RPGs, but also no experience with the series as a whole. And I mean that both in terms of I haven't played the other two games and um, I have never picked up any of the books that your man wrote that they're inspired by. Whereas you come from, have you played any of the games? No. You never played any of the games. Have you picked up any of the books? Nope. No, you never done no, any I of was, I was fresh to this as well. Like. Okay, but it's still kind of like... But you, unlike me, were not a stranger to the fantasy RPG. Okay. That was that was in, that was the one respect in which you considerably outranked me. Um, yeah, it's like it's one of those games where there are things that happen in it that you don't necessarily think at the start are going to take that long. And I mean this in the best possible way. Things that seem like just a tiny little loose thread of a side quest or a short mission as part of the main campaign that turn into a multi-hour odyssey that in itself would make a great small game. Like, the one I'm thinking of is the, the Baron. In kind of like smack bang towards the like a third to the middle portion of the story like you know what I mean like a third of the way through the game to the middle part of the game if you're just mainlining story the the Baron's whole kind of arc see the thing with the Baron's arc I think is and and this is in this is in Velen when you get to Velen like you you do there's a quest line that happens that expl- that kind of nicely sets the background for things and who the main characters are that you're already supposed to know of in White Orchard and then you move on to Velen which is a considerably uh, more drab. Because uh, what else is great is that each one of these areas you go to has its own distinct character. You know, so you start off in White Orchard with this, this beautiful agricultural community. Like, there are monsters, obviously. But, like, largely speaking... Picturesque. Largely, yeah, it's like a postcard from a fantasy land. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then you move into Velen, which is, like, all the worst parts of Game of Thrones happening at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, you move up to Novograd, which is, like, medieval city. Um, with the kind of the nice, winding, narrow streets that feel very claustrophobic and stuff like that. That has its own individual feel to it. And slums. And, and then you move out to Skellige, where everyone sounds like Jerry Adams. Fantorishok. Yeah, even the women sound like Jerry Adams <laughs> out on Skellige. And it's just, yeah, it's this island community with very fierce kind of, um, you know, sirens and things like that. Boxing bears. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's got its own character to it. And so do, like, the families that represent each area. And even now, playing Hearts of Stone, you've got, like, kind of a whole new area that was on the map, but you weren't able to go to before. Well, no, you could. It was just empty. Well, this, it seems was, like the mist that was on the map has pulled back a little. So I think there's some areas in there that were like were just beyond. So the I never went there because there was nothing yeah. there. Oh no, the, I hit the invisible wall up there. Oh, so like I'm pretty sure that like a good bit of it was kind of hidden behind the invisible wall, was just locked out until you got there. Because I have gone up that way before and tried to get up that far, and it's things like that, decisions like that, that kind of. Uh, me trying to force the game to do something it wasn't going to let me to do that ended me up in that situation that time where I got caught between two invisible walls and kept respawning in between the two invisible walls again and nearly corrupted my save because I just couldn't get out for hours as it turns out where I got stuck that time was I was trying to get over to where the end game happens <laughs> not where the end game happens but where 
you know that person before the main person you're supposed to fight that person up on top of a hill oh yeah I was trying to get in there and didn't realise that was what I was doing because I was trying to get in the back way into that mountain you can't go there they don't let you Brian and if you try that will happen to you but anyway each individual area has its own kind of character and uh, like you know it feels different which is great like it doesn't feel like all one kind of samey landscape everywhere I go everyone hates me yeah and like the yeah the your kind of interaction with people changes dynamically based on decisions you make uh, which was something we didn't realise quite the depth of until the first time we had a discussion about that about how everyone in The Witcher loves me they think I'm a great guy and for some reason that you still haven't quite placed your finger on everyone hates you in The Witcher everybody hates you like I still get some villagers that go ah fucking Witcher but by the end of the quest then they're like oh he's not half bad is he this guy call him again you know that kind of thing and like the main kind of shall we say romantic trysts all of them love me whereas some of them hate you um yeah it's weird like the the best thing I could nail it down to when we were talking about it was it's because you would continually haggle over charging people for your which I didn't do in the new game plus and yet yeah. still everyone but you see me. maybe that whatever kind of thing maybe that carries over as well because like you were talking about how Yen who I think like she's from previous games so I don't think it's a spoiler to say Yen is in it yeah right so Yennefer who is your kind of Geralt like through the ages has been uh, his uh, romantically entangled yeah his lobster to borrow a term from friends like the, the Rachel to his Ross and as much as like it seems like they're destined to be together no matter what happens no matter how far apart they go over. right but she hates you oh she treats me like dirt she treats you like dirt but with me one of the first times that I was interacting with her during a mission we were walking through a banquet hall and she turns to me and goes I really like your beard <laughs> get out to me about my beard yeah she she literally like she treats my girl like her whipping boy yeah. like and I mean like as you go on like lots of characters comment on like you know Jen's not really very nice to you and I can like I know yeah none of this happened to me she's, none of that like, happened to me everybody like I mean one of the things like there's one of the characters in Skellige who you know I thought you should be able to romance because there was a lot of kind of stuff let down there like you know a lot of dialogue that was kind of like leading to yeah there could be you know kind of a romance here and that like and one of the things like she straight up like repeatedly calls you on how Yen treats you like her whipping boy and sends around like her dog and is generally a bitch to you <laughs> Yeah, um, to go back on to something we were kind of touching upon earlier, this idea of like quest lines that seem like they'll wrap up, not necessarily quickly, but relatively quickly, and then turn into like six hours of doing stuff. Uh, you would start talking about the Baron before you I see, the, across you there. The, the Baron, the great thing about the Baron's quest, I thought, is because his own particular, like, if you want to think of it in terms of straight line... Yeah. That Again, kind of, what I would say going forward just for the interest of spoilers here we're not going to spoil end game details we're not going to spoil end of major arc details what we will do is we might mention the very start of an arc like what the quest seems like on the face of it and then get very vague will I say kind of the whole kind of point of the main story is what are you doing as Geralt yeah okay that's yeah. given that's given away in like the opening credits yeah like, so, so explain to me as someone who probably delved into the lore a bit more who like got your teeth into it more than even more than I did Explain to us who the Wild Hunt are and why they're the main antagonist of the game. Right, well, the Wild Hunt seem to be kind of something a bit like the Four Horsemen kind of jobby. Mm-hmm. They are, there's a prophecy about the end of the world and the White the white Frost is going to come and turn the world into an Ice Age and kill everybody. And the Harbingers of them are these big-ass dudes in bitchin' armour um, called the Wild Hunt. 
And they appear to be hunting after this young woman called Siri, who is kind of... Now, I haven't played the previous games, but the general thrust of what you get is that she's kind of Geralt's surrogate daughter. Yeah. Uh, that, you know... But, like, she is way more of a daughter to him than her actual father is a father to her. Yeah, but that's because, you know, Charles Dance can't not play an <laughs> awful person. Um, you know, but uh, what you call... So... The whole point is like the main storyline is that you're following after her, you're trying to find her. Uh, no one seems to know exactly where she is. But people have seen but her. She's kind of like people. an episode of Law and Order. She's bumped into a lot of people, so you go to the guy who leads you 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 to, the guy who leads you to her. Now, that sounds tedious, but it's not. It's not. Cause what it's, it feels it's more engrossing. like is it feels more like a series of near misses. Yeah. that the more you progress through the game the closer you're getting to getting to a point where she's oh, she's only just been here and gone Yeah, you know what I mean and it takes you back to kind of uh, at various points it takes you back to when she was in the place and you control her for a while and her super badass powers yeah um, but what you got like so if you want to think like the main storyline is your straight line to you at the start of the game you're on the search for Siri and then event transpire and the rest of the story happens yeah. so when you get to the bloody baron the bloody baron has met Siri and you want to get from him okay well, did you see her where she gone what's the story give now me the details based on the name and based on various NPCs we had talked to on the way there that the bloody baron is not the nicest man no um, but the thing was here like you get your bloody baron quest where you basically have to do whatever you have to do to get the information from him that he knows about Siri what, what happened to her where where she came where she going all that kind of stuff like but the thing is in his own story there are about three four kind of self-contained side quests mm. all contained in this block of kind of I'd say Siri in Velen yeah and there's you know Kira Metz there's tangential ones to the Billy Barnes on plotline because remember when you were playing you were a bit behind me on it and I, you were saying about how you were going doing this I was like no you have to go here and do this as well and you have to meet this person as well. and you were like no I haven't said I have to do anything I'm, I'm just continuing going I was like no no you, you got to do these other things as well Like, yeah but I must have approached it from a different way that negated certain elements of it exactly so like a we certain had... person I had to chase to a certain place in your version that you were saying you went and followed this person and talked to them in a place mm. before you went and did the f- like it started bringing things to an end with the bloody barn but I didn't do that and the story pl- still played out similar similar but like there was there was a, there was a singularly different experience for both of us in it like yeah. but all together like that was a huge chunk like of game there like and it was all interlinked all intertwined mm. and you know choices that you made in different segments of it so uh, beautifully crafted oh yeah just like knock on effects and dominoes and oh very 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 good like mm. very very good um, kind of, and it's one of those things where, like, um, you know, one of the things they say about the Coen Brothers is that even characters that are only in Coen Brothers movies for ten minutes seem so fully developed. Yeah, and that is the thing. Like, there are characters you come across in The Witcher that, like, you might only meet them for a couple of quests in a row, and there's the character and their background are so fully developed, and where they fit in the world is so fully. Fallen developed. is a great example of that. Yeah, the the. Will I say who he is? No, no, I'll say no, yeah. yeah, but Fallen, Fallen is a great example because he's a tiny character. He's nearly inconsequential. Mm. Um, but, oh, you get some great, like, you know, with some very little interactions with him, you pick up, you know, his love interests, his loyalties, his attitude to things. I mean, so much there. Like, 
so crowded and he's just he's a tiny tiny character who's actually optional I think you can completely ignore him and not have anything to do with him and when you go through as well when you go through some of the not even just the main missions but kind of the main missions and the kind of the more important secondary missions and richer contracts and stuff like that there are some characters where like you come across so many characters in that world and very rarely if at all do you come across a character and go do you know what the story actually would have worked better if that person hadn't been there that, oh, doesn't that feels like a waste of time doesn't happen excess like um, oh nothing here feels like bloating nothing feels like filler yeah like uh, there's a point at which um, and I don't want to again I don't want to get too far into this but when you're in Novigrad and you involve yourself with a theatre company mm. and I thought okay this seems to be like some fun kind of bright and breezy bit of comic relief before we start going back to the main shit that's going on mm. I'm not going to need to remember these people they're not going to play a major part and boy was I wrong there do you know what I mean? As I like frequently would be when I think, you know, I pick up a mission and go, well, this can't be that important. Then it leads on to like a major, uh, like Witcher contract or it leads on to a major part of a bigger storyline or fills in a little detail more. And what's great about this, unlike some things, right? You know, like these little side quests or things you can pick up that fill in the details better. When you're playing a game like Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite, if you don't pick up the likes of a Voxophone, things like that, yeah you're still playing a fun game and stuff like that but you don't feel like you're getting the best picture of you're the dipping world you're dipping your toes you're, you're not fully narrow. immersing yourself yeah but even if you don't really do a huge amount of side quests and stuff like that you still feel like you know pretty much all there is to know about this world because like the main story brings you around pretty much everywhere and you touch off anything that is important and then the side quests and stuff serve as a nice kind of, if you want to know more, you know what I mean? If you want to dive even more down, like even just, if there is to be just a surface level to this game, which I think is very hard to say there is a surface level to it, even just mainlining quests and stuff like that, are it's still so deep, the main story, that it's impossible to finish the game and go, I didn't really know anything about that world. Like, you know? Like, unless you have the thing on mute the whole time you're playing it. And, and sometimes turned off. Yeah. Um, like, it's, I think the best kind of recommendation is the fact that neither of us had played one or two, and yet by the end of three, we we perfectly immersed in the lore. We knew everything we needed to know. We weren't missing for anything. There was no, wait, what? Which no. is, again, particularly exceptional for me, who doesn't really normally have the, 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 shall we say, the... Um, Interest, recall. The interest, the recall, the constitution is the word I was looking for. The constitution for a meaty RPG. Uh, normally, I'm kind of like, it just seems so intimidating. But they build the lore up gradually. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like overload at any point. Probably the luxury of having it's such a big like, world. Do you know what? And like, I feel like sometimes uh, I may come off on this show like sometimes I shit on Skyrim or anything like that. But I don't, do. I don't mean to at all. <laughs> I really don't mean to. But this is kind of my, like, I never played Skyrim and part of it is just because, like, the sheer depth of lore and stuff like that. And when I talk to other people who read it, who, who have played it even, who are just like, oh, yeah, no, I read all these documents and stuff, you know, kind of filling out the stuff. Like, and I'm just like, oh, my God. That's totally unnecessary. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the stuff about, like, you even mentioned earlier about how there is a bit more to the grind than that. Uh, yeah, there is. Like, because I never felt, because I hate the grind. I and the combat's so not much. as strong. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, 
the grind I never felt it really um, the only thing I've ever felt grind on was like literally the last level before I felt I was leveled up enough to take on Hearts of Stone uh, it took a little while but that was only because I was trying to do it without finishing the story hmm. do you know what I mean and then I decided to finish the story first and I consumed up in levels so I never really felt the, the grind in there um, other thoughts you got anything to throw in do you want to talk uh, maybe take your uh, expertise as the RPG Wonderkin and talk about like crafting and stuff like that tell us yeah, um, tell like, us a little something about it like the cra- kind of laboring the point too much no yeah but I mean the crafting like, I, I really don't like in terms of the RPG elements the fact that you know you're you're limited in it's limited in kind of what you might call the numbers yeah that you don't like I mean your your character creation yeah, and that, it's like. simple enough that if the stats are green that's better yeah, you know, uh, well, like that. that's that, love that. Didn't that's read that. That's you know, that's weapon weapons. Up. I mean, even you, Geralt, the character, like you can't, you know, obviously amend your your appearance mm. and your your skills that are your skills. Like you have your what your three, your twelve um skill slots for your abilities for relating to your combat and signs and things like that. Like when I first picked it up, I thought like you know. The combat was a bit overly complex. There was sword stuff and signs and bombs and a crossbow. And it's kind of like, fucking hell. Like, you know, yeah. pick one thing. Come on. Because I'm used to fantasy RPGs. You're going to be a mage or you're going to yeah, be a rogue. You're going to be a fighter. Based. Yeah. And in this, you're a bit of everything. Like, it's a bit like, what the fuck? Like, but once, again, suitable to once, point when you think about what the job of being a witcher yeah. is. Like the jack of all trades. And then, then you like, you get it. You get kind of into your zone a bit. You get the controls to become instinctive and that like, and oof, it's but like I mean I love kind of the crafting like armor like all looks great and so distinctive and it's a it's a detailed without being overly complex crafting system mm. um the I think where it really shines is the alchemy with the bombs and the yeah. decoctions and the potions and that like that's that's really yeah like, that but as well in a, in a certain way that like you could not really do any of those and you'd still probably make on your way the through the game. On the lower difficulty levels. Yeah. On the higher ones, but, not. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, mm. if you're a hardcore RPG player, they add several layers to the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. enables to. you to play on higher difficulty, but also enables you to do cool things throughout the game that you can't without them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, put it like this. When I play through initially and there's just story difficulty, like, I, like, I'm a big man for Quen. The shield sign. Yeah. Like, I love a bit of Quen. Yeah, I'm going to so, talk about the combat in a minute. I, I'll get it. I would just yeah. lob up a Quen shield, go in and wail on dudes. Mm. You know? Just like, and let the Quen shield soak up the da- the counter-attacks, dodge her all away, Quen shield back up, back in, wail on dudes. Cannot do that on the higher difficulties. Mm. I'm coming into fights and I am knocking back one of the decoctions to... Um, whenever I cast my Quen sign it eats stamina and then regenerates health I'm knocking back Thunderbolt I'm knocking back maybe Blizzard for enhanced re- uh, reaction time you know I'm lobbing in some bombs first uh, setting some shit on fire and uh, then I'm fucking bobbing and weaving and ducking and dodging doing my combat throwing on some uh, oil onto my weapons to, to increase damage to whatever monster I'm fighting making sure that I have the right um, trophy equipped on my horse so I get the best XP for it. Mm. Like, it's... it's, And I mean, it sounds... All that sounds ridiculously arduous, but it becomes instinctive as well yeah. in that, you know, you have, you know, your key things mapped to your D-pad and then you're just kind of like, right, okay, bump, 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 into the fight, ready to go. Yeah. And you do the business. Like, and it's just... It's really immersive and enjoyable. Just not even... Just the playing of the game. Yeah. 
Um, if, I, if I may cut in here at this point and go on to um, combat. Combat was something I found uh, surprisingly good. Now, this is uh, the caveat of this. It was I found it good after the first major update. Mm. Uh, and we'll talk about why that is because the next part, once I finish on the combat here, I think we'll talk about the couple of negatives about the game and then wrap it up. Mm. But um, the combat after the first major update, I found great. I got in touch with it really quick. As we mentioned once on the show very briefly before... Um, you noted as well how like adept I got the combat very quickly whereas like I you would be going in and casting Quen like I said the shield spell and stuff like that I was kind of more reliant on quick movement and timing attacks you could actually like do that. counter attacks yeah I could do counters I could do like I could ru- like I could twirl around the guy at the right time when he's striking to like hit him with a heavy strike in the back and things like that like I was doing really well at that and I was really enjoying that way of playing and stuff like that like there's one thing there's a type of monster called a water hag that you come across and they're fucking nonsense to deal with like they're just annoying as fuck um, but there is a thing that if you counter attack them at the right time you can cut off their tongue which really makes things a lot easier when it comes to their range of attacks yeah because it poisons you do you know what I do for that well I knock back a potion that uh, makes all poisons into healing solutions so I, that's how I combat and then I go in and wail on her with the sword yeah, like some of the things you can do in combat like when you get down to the nitty grit of it is great like I remember coming with into a eight town eight or nine parries in a row like, I remember one time I came into a town right and this was very early on before I really got down to the um, like like I have this thing of like when I'm running I, I picked up from GTA where I just keep tapping the sprint button because it like hopefully ideally doesn't drain down the sprint meter as fast mm-hmm. and because of that I do some things sometimes that get me in trouble so I ran into a village, accidentally ran past a box and robbed somebody because I was hitting X. So it took all the stuff out. So two guards came after me and one of them had a lance and one of them had a sword, <clears throat> a sword and a shield. And I was stuck in between the two of them and your man comes charging at me with his big pointy stick of doom. And as he charges at me, I hit the dodge button roll behind him as he sticks the spike through his mate's face and I turn around and cleave the other guy's head off in one blow <laughs> at which point I was just I just put the controller down was just like this game is amazing <laughs> like, and there are loads of moments like that like there are times where you um, I, I think you came in on me when I was fighting like a horde of Neckers which are another monster in it and like they were I was stood there and they were like flinging all their attacks at me and my sword was going ping, 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 repelling all their attacks and it was like the coolest thing ever and I was doing next to nothing. And then like as soon as I timed the break in between their attacks I just like swung the sword across and killed half of them like. But um, yeah, no, the combat in the game is hella fun. Like when you get used to it it's a lot of fun. Um, if we were to talk about like a couple of, because uh, every game has its imperfections. Um, the first, which we already touched upon, is that when you're in the swamp, oftentimes the frame rate drops kind of pathetically. And everything uh, missed out for a minute. Yeah, particularly when there's mist and stuff like that. Yeah, there's that bit where sometimes during cutscenes, things like... I don't, how would you describe it? Do you know that thing that happens in cutscenes sometimes where, like, yeah, things just get blurry and then it goes black and then it goes to the next part of the cutscene? Yeah. That's kind of strange. Um, and then the other thing. My big thing about this, and everybody who has played this for any length of time, their big thing about this, the fucking horse. <laughs> the state of the goddamn horse, right? 
Roach is your horse and like with the exception of fast travel it's the quickest way to get around you know to get from place to place and you use Roach a lot you have to just because the place is so fucking big especially when it's you're traveling places you haven't unlocked the fast travel point yet you need Roach do you know a game where the horse is great what do you know a game where the horse is great yeah I do it's called Ocarina of Time on the N64 Skyrim your horse daddy horse can give a shit he'll attack dude get that horse armor yeah no, I never got the horse armor, just got the horse. I um, got the uh, undead horse that you could summon from a horse skull. And he was all blue, um, crackly frame. Roach. Good God. Like, the amount of times I have, like, you, it was a, you double-click the left stick to summon Roach, or right stick, one of them. Yeah, and nothing happens. No, something does happen, <laughs> right? Roach does come. Like, what happens is, like, the way the game he spawns does it, he pops up the way you're not looking. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't really matter what's behind you, he's spawning inside a so tree it has happened yeah, inside a tree um, I had him up on top of a cottage once inside, I had him inside a cottage once half yeah. inside a cottage in, with his body sticking through the window back legs inside front end outside I've had him floating 10 feet in the air uh, different things like that then there's the idea that like you can be running through a forest with Roach and um, he'll swerve into a tree and he'll, stop sw- he'll swerve into a tree or for some reason you could run really close to one tree and be able to evade it but you could be as close to another tree and for some reason he'll just stop dead <laughs> um, if the hill if a hill is too steep but not so steep that a horse would realistically fall down it he'll stop dead uh, and what's the other thing oh fuck there's another thing about Roach that really bugs me I can't think of what it is when he gets in your way he gets in your way an awful lot um, the other thing about the steering game steering him yeah the, well, steering him I never find it uh, sometimes steering him is a lot neater than steering Geralt <laughs> yeah because that's one thing um, like the movement for Geralt is kind of momentum based that like the further you lean the stick the faster he starts going and like not in infinite but like it can result in some really kind of annoying moments where you step a couple of steps too far past the thing you're looking for and then you go step the other way and step a couple of steps too far the other way as well and you're just a couple of seconds going what the fuck you know Um, but I think that's really like sometimes as well you have this thing called Witcher Sense which is kind of like your detective vision from Batman Uh, sometimes that doesn't doesn't work work quite Like, things are supposed to glow red sometimes they don't yeah and you have to come out and go back in again like, yeah there was one particular one in a forest that was absolutely maddening to it's me it's tracks tracks in the ground especially yeah. does it a lot like um or that so it yeah. won't pop for you when you go to examine a new thing they've shown by the witcher sense when you hit the examine button nothing now, happens I will say since that big I think it was a 17 gig update I mm. haven't noticed that part happen as much the so horse no matter how many updates the horse is the still horse as is bad b- fucked your movement as Geralt is better yeah the witcher that, 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 that was what I mean about the combat mm. before the first major update it was so much worse and the combat was so much more difficult because of it but now the combat the movement of Geralt inside combat is pretty tight oh yeah it's tight as hell um, oh that's the other thing about movement is the camera sometimes the camera oh. is your worst enemy particularly during um, fist fight challenges uh, there's a series of side quests where you become like the bare knuckle fighting champion or you try to of the northern kingdoms and your worst enemy in that isn't aren't the guys trying to box your head off it's you and your camera trying to move so that you can see where your enemy's coming from that is kind of infuriating but let me like, tell you there's, there's a there's a fight in Hearts of Stone where you will scream and curse yeah it's it's actually the worst for both 
the momentum, which is still not the moving together, which is still not good enough. No, uh, for this particular mission and the camera angle. Yeah, I should say hit, that armed hit. combat is by far the one where the movement is the tightest. Unarmed combat, still. not so much. But no, still, I like I very rarely go. Oh sake, no, no, I really, combat. I really enjoy it now. Um, when you're outside, yeah. when you're inside. Oh yeah, but that, that, so that again, that's not so much with the tight controls as much as it is the camera. Yeah, like but, that's when that's when the camera really fucks with things. Um, so I suppose that's kind of it like it is genuinely one of the games of the year and hopefully this is the start of a few I think we've, we've talked about this off the air we might for a series of book clubs leading up to Christmas start doing what we think are going to be on our game of the li- game of the year list uh, for our awards show at mm. the end of the year um, a little tilt so that's, that's that. yeah that's certainly the first one like this is the most recent game we've ever done and it like it properly is a masterpiece it's one of the best games I've ever played um yeah, there's, I can't really say enough good things about that. Those small things that would like, really bug me in other games. Like, this this time, just to try to right back to the start of the podcast about Fallout and that, like, yeah, saying that you know there are lots of little bugs and like that. Yeah, but the overall product, very much. Yeah, and there's nothing game breaking. No, it either there's nothing game breaking in it. Um, so yeah, Witcher Three definitely would recommend. It's one of the best games of the year. There's surely going to be a game of the year edition coming out next year once the second expansion pack is out. Uh, it's well worth picking up now. Check out, the Christmas, check out on the Christmas sales. Um, like there's still a massive expansion pack still yeah. to come that we haven't got to play yet. And that's the one that's supposed to be the size of The Witcher 2. Yeah. Uh, so like that's really intimidating. That's out in May or something, isn't it? Or like like there, I don't know where they're going to put it. There must be a whole new area going to be open. Yeah, up I, on reckon the world, a, I reckon there's a whole new area. Um, but that's like that's kind of, we'll find out when that comes out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, excellent game. Truly excellent game. It's worth whatever you pay for it. It was worth paying for it the first weekend it came out for me with the season pass. Um, it was, um, it will be worth it now, slightly less. Um, at a slightly lower price, like it's a steal, really. And all um, the little free DLC bits. Yeah, and if you get... Oh, that's the one thing that I don't like about it as well. The one mark of contention that we have is Gwent. The, there's side quests where you basically play like a fantasy card game, like Magic the Gathering, kind oh, of. Oh, I love Gwent, man. Um, but again they're entirely optional which I do like I'm like right okay if it's a side quest I don't like don't force me to do it and they never force me to do it apart from that one uh, that one mission where it doesn't matter if you win or lose which is great I think I draw I think it was a draw you know that one guy in the bar at the very start in White Orchard you have to play him oh yeah, yeah. To, to introduce you to Gwent yeah yeah so I had to play that but after that didn't care I love Gwent I never, I never even tried to play another game of Gwent because I was like no I don't see I really disliked it when I played that game with him and then I, I don't know how I ended up getting into it but yeah and like if you do enjoy Gwent and you buy Hearts of Stone separately if you're lucky enough you can track down a version of Hearts of Stone that has two Gwent decks in it so yeah uh, but yeah like I said I won't discount I won't like kind of uh downgrade my thoughts on the game based on that because again it was entirely optional uh, mm. going forward after the introduction to it uh, so last bit of business Brian it is your turn to name a game of the week for next week no pressure <laughs> I'm going to tie it into you know very important game that came out this week obviously it's a bit soon to be talking about Fallout 4 so instead too many years do- <laughs> do a storm off now yeah. uh, we're going to do you know in the spirit of the book club games you you really should play we're going to do Fallout 3 Fallout 3 okay that's our game of the week for next week 
Um, so I think it's just time to do the wrap-ups. Please go to linktothecast.wordpress.com. That is our home for everything we're doing. If we have the free time to go and do YouTube streams and stuff like that, instead of giving you our convoluted YouTube URL, uh, you will find it all posted there. Any content we're doing will all be posted at linktothecast.wordpress.com. Uh, in addition to that, to catch up on what we're doing lately, go to facebook.com slash link to the cast. You're going to have to hit, because of the way pages are on Facebook, you have to hit that you're following us to get the actual updates in your feed all the time. But that's okay. I'm not giving Mark Zuckerberg my money and getting him to promote us anywhere. <laughs> um, then as well, there's twitter.com slash link to the cast, which is probably a bit better uh, for that. Like You don't have to opt into the feed. Once you're following us, you're following us. You'll see all our updates. Um... Yeah, that's at link to the cast on Twitter. Then we've got if you want to drop us a line, it's linked to the cast at gmail.com. Uh, our individual Twitter accounts, I am at Dave Ryan IV. Brian is at Cargin, C A R G I N, 4107. And Mark Robinson, the dearly departed Mark Robinson, is at Lithium Project, all one word. You still have hatred towards him for his other comments. I'm happy. I just don't know why you'd say something so hurtful. In addition to all that, we really appreciate all the support we've gotten so far on the podcast. Uh, can't help but thank everybody who's listening to it. Please keep spreading the word about the podcast. Uh, the better we do, the more inclined we are to do more. <laughs> Not to, uh, you know, dangle the carrot or anything like that. But um, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes, fair play excellent we do like that and appreciate that because then you're able to get our episodes as soon as they're released or if you're following us on soundcloud as well we're uh, soundcloud.com slash link to the cast but if i'm incorrect on that you'll see on you'll find it on our wordpress page anyway uh, please subscribe to us on itunes if you're listening to us on soundcloud there's a subscribe on itunes button that i've put in there just for you if you're listening to this through our wordpress there is also a subscribe on itunes here button Please come subscribe on iTunes. Rate us five stars if you have a couple of minutes to spare because if you your rating gives us better search engine optimization on iTunes, which is really good because the more the kind of the more prominently we're featured on the store, the more people get to hear us. And of course, word of mouth. Go around, preach high, preach from mountaintops how much you enjoy Link to the Cast. <laughs> yeah, though I say unto you dudes. <laughs> and that would be fantastic. So from myself, Dave Ryan, and from Brian McNamara. Good night. Good night and good luck. <laughs>